Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, the podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha. And Andy. And this week, we're talking about Harriet the Spy. Harriet M. Welsh is a spy who learns everything she can and writes down everything she sees. Harriet must figure out how to navigate life when home life turns upside down and her role as a spy is compromised by her classmates. Harriet. So Harriet the Spy was directed by, and I'm going to mispronounce his name for sure, Bronwyn Hughes and stars Michelle... Trashtenberg? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was really going to mispronounce. <laughs> but I know you'd know because of Buffy. You're Buffy's little sister. Exactly. Starring Don, Don Summers. Right. Yep. And Rosie O'Donnell, along with Gregory Smith and Vanessa Lee Chester, who I secretly wanted to be growing up. Who is Vanessa Lee Chester? She plays Janie. Uh, She's a black girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you said what I wanted to grow oh, up. Oh, sorry. Why did I say that? I meant I wanted to be in general. The sentence should have ended there. Was she like four years older than you? <laughs> no, because I saw her in this and then she was also in The Little Princess. Oh, so, oh you wanted to be the actress. You didn't want, I want, to, you yeah, didn't want to be the mad scientist. No, no, no. Uh, character. Yeah, I wanted to be her, the actress. Ah. Like I wanted to be in movies and like in her roles. I'm like she out. was like probably i mean i feel like a lot of black girls maybe gravitated towards like maybe a raven simone you know yeah. like or like a rudy from the cosby show or something like that but like i don't know she, the, she, vanessa was like who That's i hilarious. you were like one day i can be a white person's best friend <laughs> God damn it. Oh, anyway this was michelle's first movie by the way. Oh, I saw that. I didn't know that until we just saw the trailer because it said introducing. Yeah. It was Nick's first theatrical release and her first movie. That's what I was actually wondering. I saw that in the trailer, but I couldn't tell if they said her first Nickelodeon movie or their <laughs> first. But I get it because this, I mean, we'll talk again though, but I was not expecting any this movie at all. Oh, like, really? Yeah, this is way different than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I'm so yeah, excited. We'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah. I could tell that this wasn't like the brand of... This wasn't like Spongebob Nick where like they knew what they were, you know? Absolutely. It seemed like Nick trying something. Yeah. And I think this is the first time I've seen, I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened, but the first time I've seen like they're in sixth grade in this movie. Yeah. Um, But when they started shooting this, Michelle was only nine years old. So they it's looked, like actually. They all looked pretty small. I mean, I guess sixth graders are small, but like when yeah. I think of middle school, they, they, they seemed younger than middle school. Exactly. Yeah. I think they all were. When did you start switching classes and not having like being in one class? classroom all day with one teacher that was sixth grade yeah that's a first oh right yeah. so that was the other thing that was like it seemed like they were younger to me because like i was like they're always in the same class with the same that's so true i never questioned yeah. that <laughs> but i guess some schools like maybe sometimes they start in seventh grade you know like you you go off i don't know yeah yeah maybe it changes but uh Although this did take place in New York City, which, and I'm the exact same age as them, basically. <laughs> right. Actually, no, I'm not a I'm a little younger, but still. <laughs> well, and I finally figured out why I could never place this movie, because the whole movie 
yes, was supposed to. It takes place in New York, but it was shot in Toronto. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't catch Toronto, but I could just being a New Yorker, I could yeah. tell right away whether or not it's shot in New York. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think it, it confused me further. And like, did this take place in Philly? Like, where, yeah. where is this happening? Nothing about it has to be about New York, and I only ever see that it's New York when I, like, if I was reading like the plot synopsis, it'd be like Harry despise about an 11 year old New York girl and I'm always just like, but like nothing about the movies New York like the, yeah. it could have been anywhere it could have been could've. Philly it just needed to be a city yeah and even that was questionable really, <laughs> I guess because there's so many different faces so yeah a city helped as yeah. opposed to the suburbs but yeah yeah and of course, you know, this movie was based on a book that was written in the 60s, in 1964, also oh, called Harriet the Spy. It was written in the 60s? Yeah. Bananas. I didn't know that either. <laughs> so they actually changed the story a bit to modern, to make it more modern. See, I, one of my questions 90s. was going to be, does this take place in 1996? Because there wasn't a lot in it that told me it did. Mm. So I didn't really know if it was modern or not yeah yeah it came in came out in 1964 and actually was optioned as early as like 1966 or something but just was never made into that's, a movie until the 90s that's why this movie's all dark and weird and fucking <laughs> not what i was thinking like, I, was like, I was like what the fuck oh yeah 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 i i will say it was weird man <laughs> i will weird. say i did not notice how dark it was until seeing it now because it's been years since <laughs> i've this, seen this, this was, yeah. <laughs> but yeah this movie was written Some by <laughs> it was written by uh louise uh Fittaw, i hope i'm saying her name right who died in 1974 um but she's written a ton of books and this harriet the spy came out like i think it was the end of like the nancy drew era so yeah. like where kids are like you know like all nice and stuff and this was a very controversial book when it came out yeah I mean, I'm about to read it now. Yeah, I kind of want to read it now too. Now that I knew it was the 60s, if it was like written in like 92, I'd be like, whatever. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I want to see what they were talking about. I know. <laughs> like, I, I really want to as well because I was as I was doing my research, I discovered like what was different between the movie and the book. But like, yeah. I feel like obviously these articles aren't going to cover every single thing. So I'm, I'm so curious to know. I don't know to this day if this book is still banned, but it was banned in a lot of schools and from a lot of libraries just because it's either like too dark or it's teaching kids that about lying and and, and um, empower like promoting a character, a lead character who disobeys their parents and lies to their friends and Yo, is I a got, bully. I like, got notes all on all of this. This is crazy. This so is crazy. yeah, there's all a right. lot. Like, I'm not on an island here. I was watching this. I'm like. What are we? What's, yeah. What is it? <laughs> but yeah, we'll get we'll get into all of that yeah. for sure. Yeah. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I do want to say that you know, with the theatrical release in 1996, it made 26.6 million dollars worldwide on a 12 million dollar budget. All right. All right. So pretty decent. Yeah, good first outing. Exactly for Nick. Like, congrats, right? <laughs> and one thing I found interesting, and it's really just for you because you're a Nick fan, but in many of the theatrical releases, I saw that uh, they would play the pilot episode of Hey Arnold as like the short before the nice. movie. Nice, that's pretty dope. <laughs> right? I remember that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see. Well, I'll get into it. But I didn't. I didn't see this in theaters or anything. But when I saw other Nick movies, there was always a cartoon up front. Ah. And it was always pretty sweet. Oh man, I I, sh- I should have seen. They more. actually usually premiered because I think I, I think I remember seeing like Cat Dog before something before that was a show. Oh snap! Like I don't remember what movie it was or anything, but I remember like being in the theaters and seeing this thing like called Cat Dog, and I was like, this is wild. And then like. The next TV season, they were just like, new show. You know, <laughs> That's a great way to like test to see if something will like resonate. Yeah. 
And it and it works too because their movies are generally pretty short, so mm-hmm. like no one's gonna be mad at like attacked on. Yeah. And you know what it was? I I'm pretty sure because you know remember like a lot of kids' cartoons they break them up into like two like 11 minute episodes. Yes. And so oh, I think yeah. they just showed like one of those instead because Hey Arnold was that too. So exactly. It probably wasn't a full half hour because that would be kind of long. Yeah, it would be too much. Yeah, but like a t- an 11 minute like Hey Arnold story. Yeah. yeah hey Arnold's great, man. It is. I wish, I, I, I rewatched it a while ago. I kind of want to rewatch really? it. I rewatched like a couple of like the first two seasons because it was on Netflix. So I was like, oh, what throw was it on. Oh, a couple years ago. Uh, I was going to be like, I never saw Oh, not this. recently. I can't uh, remember. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you just said recently. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> I might be wrong. You're going to rewind recent- the <laughs> but- <laughs> Not for you recently, but like for me recently. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, I haven't seen you watch Hey Arnold. Like, what are you talking about? This is about? before we lived together. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, do you want to guess uh, the Rotten Tomatoes scores? Oh, man. It's going to be a tough one. <laughs> I've oh I got no idea. That's gonna be anyway. I'm I, gonna say for the record, I was surprised. All right, all right. If you were surprised, it actually gives me a clue. I'm gonna say sixty-eight critics and like seventy-two audience. Much lower. Whoa. <laughs> Forty-eight critics. Fifty percent audience. All right. I was yeah. expecting more from the audience. To I be don't know, fair. man. It's always weird. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's real weird. I would think that the people like in our generation who grew up with this movie would have given it higher ratings. Because I, I don't, I I can see how like maybe adults in this time and like kids of today will be like, "What the hell am I watching?" Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was a Nick kid, and I've seen a lot of Nick movies from my childhood, and this does not fit in that oove. Yeah, or whatever the hell that word is. It's a little dark, a little dark. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's a, like, we just we just watched Good Burger when we guessed it on the Victims and Villains podcast. Yes. Like, that's a Nickelodeon movie. Yeah. There's fucking sound effects of people slipping on banana peels and, like, you know, like, oh, there's a big evil bad guy. Let's go take him down. Like, you know, like, <laughs> this was like a fucking Noah Bombeck fucking... Uh, it reminded me of the history of violence. I just rewatched oh, that. Oh, damn. I'm watching Harry at the Spy. I'm like, is this fucking... Did Cronenberg write this? What the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> Oh my god, this is amazing. It's all like suggestive. Nothing's on screen, folks. If you haven't watched oh, yeah. the movie, I'm not trying to say there's like these kids aren't like killing each other. No, like, no, no. I just mean like it's not it's just not a whimsical jaunt down childhood. Despite lane. all the colors and the jazz. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. you gotta read between the lines yeah, here. Yeah, but yeah. for the record, I did not see this in theaters. In fact, I don't know if you you probably definitely did this as a kid or your parents did, but remember the times where we could record TV from our VCRs? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> this probably is- <laughs> did it. You know how many tapes I had? Everyone of, of so much stuff, and then I would time it good so I would just skip the commercials. So next oh, time I watched it, oh damn! Like, I'd run up to the VCR like as soon as the commercial started to hit stop, and then as soon as they started again, hit record again. Are you serious? Yeah, so why would, the hell didn't I do that? Because I would record full movies. Yeah, and that's why same. I, I have certain memories of movies that I only know the TV edits of. You know, like comedies like Billy Madison and Austin Powers. For years, I thought they were way more like now that they're like they're not R-rated, they're PG thirteen. But I thought right. all the raunchy jokes were cut out, so I thought they were way more family friendly. <laughs> oh man, but I damn because we I still have a bunch of cassettes that have that, but we recorded the commercials, so uh, I, like I memorized some a lot of commercials from what's that. What's funny? Time. What's funny now though is. If I could go back to those tapes, which I don't even know where they are, they're probably in the garbage somewhere. I kind of wish the commercials were on there because mm. I feel like that's that like twenty <laughs> years later, that's like a little time capsule that's kind of fun. That's true. So like at ah. the time, 
But I used to record every episode of that 70s show because I was a weirdo. Whoa. And uh, I used to rewatch them constantly and I hate it. So the, that was where I started the commercial thing because I was like, I'm just burning through these episodes. Like, I don't got time for these Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Man, you were uh, binging before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> just, just Back like, to back. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, well, yeah, this is one of those movies that I recorded or my mom, I guess, recorded on TV for me. Nice. So I can't, I, I definitely watched it at home for the first time. I think that she was just like, this is a kid's movie with kids in it. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to my child because I this is actually not a movie we watched together, but I remember watching this over and over again on my own. Whoa. So this is a so solo Masha thing. Yeah. <laughs> it never happens. When I think back on who how this movie influenced me, it's actually quite embarrassing because I cannot tell you the amount of notebooks I started writing in because of this movie, uh, you know? Like and I, I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> Even when I was doing research on the book when it came out in the sixties, they say that it inspired a bunch of girls at schools to start their own spy clubs that's and like hilarious. a bunch of girls writing in their notebooks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that's why parents were like, What the hell? Like my kids writing like dirty things in their notebooks and spying on us. Yeah. Like so I definitely did that. I think this was this this movie opened up me being a lot more observant than I would have been had I not watched the movie. Mm. And of course, there was an era in my life where I wanted to be like a spy or a detective. Yeah. Like I was really into binoculars. And as a kid, I lived on the corner of like a, a major intersection. So I would like use my binoculars and spy <laughs> on people like crossing the street, having conversations. And there would be like a bunch like car crashes once in a while. So I'd be like writing notes on Taking out license very- plate numbers and shit, and you're like, the fucking Red Volvo, the V2. Exactly. Like, I'm like, oh, this guy started it. He's the, so Didn't funny. have the right away. Yeah. You're like, watch out for striped shirt if you see him on the streets. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a ton of notebooks where I would just I write can see, down. You know, Providence seems like the perfect town to be doing that, too. Like, there's, like, mad hills, and it's walkable, and you could, like, Absolutely. perch on top of something and look down at, at, at the whole community. <laughs> That's fucking and funny. I think even down to, like, the things she would carry with her to go outside you know like the mirror i i i had like a mirror that i would carry or it was it's embarrassing yellow uh i didn't have a yellow trench what? coat that was the one is thing. that a trench coat that's a rain jacket oh rain jacket yeah, what yeah. yeah um i kind of wish i had that yeah. uh that would have been that would have sealed the deal that's on this so <laughs> One last embarrassing thing that I would do. So there's a scene in the movie where uh, she would, her and her friends have like a friend tattoo on their foot. Yeah. Oh, that was the most Nickelodeon thing about the whole thing. Oh, was it? Like, bare children's feet. Yo, I I drew I drew what was similar to the movie on my foot. Uh-huh. And because I didn't have another friend to like do it with me, I would stamp it on my other foot. <laughs> <laughs> That is the saddest thing in the entire world. <laughs> I told you this is bringing up embarrassing moments for me. Stepping on my other. <laughs> well, anyway, that uh, stuff like that. But other than that, I freaking love this movie. I think. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna regret this. Telling I'm just you all this. Just picture you just like, oh, get your feet to touch. Like it's all awkward and shit. <laughs> That's why I'm flexible. <laughs> yeah, for friend tattoos. <laughs>
But yeah, I think in general too, like I, I wanted to be Harriet. I wanted to have a group of friends like her. I wanted to, what I thought was, I think because I admired her character so much, you kind of just take on some of their attributes, like wanting to be a writer and wanting to be a spy. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, this, this character in this movie was very influential for me and I think came in a part of in a time of my life where I really needed it most and we could talk about that and what those scenes were um, oh, later on but other than that I, I'm not really one to observe scores of a movie but I think this is one of my favorite scores of all time Ooh, nice! I really do and it's the jazziness of it all and I even found in my research like this movie's in the Library of Congress and I think it's noted for jazz on screen Ooh, so I, I think the soundtrack is a bop <laughs> or the score is a bop and one other observation that I had, and it's funny because we've been talking a lot about uh, Richard Linklater recently uh-huh. and how I don't really like his movies and you do. Yeah. And watching this the other night, I think that this is a very like Richard film. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's fucking weird. It's not, and I don't mean weird in the sense of like a movie, just for like Nickelodeon and like to market to kids. I yeah. Was just like, like everything from the pacing to the events to like the lack of like a cohesive plot like kids movies are usually very single-minded it's mm. like mm-hmm. you know like i mean we'll get into it but i was like in my head i was comparing this to another movie that on here like when you pick big fat liar yeah and i'm like that's a nickelodeon movie True. like this like i was just like you know that's like oh, man, <laughs> bad man stole paper like go get it you know and then, yeah. like silly things happen like so i yeah i don't know so, i'm jumping wait, the gun oh, no no i mean what did you think this movie was going to be we can just dive into it i want to know yeah. what you knew about harriet the spy and what you were expecting so i remember this movie coming out you know Huge Nick kid has been documented over and over again. <laughs> uh, fully remember it coming out. Never saw it, but I was aware of Michelle Trech, didn't Treschenberg. She, uh, I was just actually double checking to make sure I wasn't wrong, but she was on Pete and Pete, which was like a Nickelodeon show. Yes. So like I knew her from that a little bit, and then I remember like the advertising for this was crazy. Like Harriet the Spy, especially for kids. Uh-huh. Like I mean, I was watching Nickelodeon, so of course they're gonna promote their first movie. So. To me, I remember this movie being like a giant because it was just mm. everywhere, everywhere. And then I don't know the backstory of how I got it, but I did actually either I had the book or what was probably more likely was maybe I had a novelization of this movie. You remember when the book fairs used to come to school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would always, I was notorious as a kid for buying books based on the covers and not reading them. <laughs> My whole Goosebumps collection, never never read a word of them. I, just, oh, I was just like, man, what this? It has a monster on it. Yes. You know, so everything with cool covers. Still have no memory of why I picked this one, but I do remember just on my bookshelf for years was the cover, was this book with the VHS cover of Michelle Trachtenberg uh. with the magnifying glass and the coat like right on the front. I had Harriet the Spy and Rosie O'Donnell was in the little corner. Yeah, yeah. And I had the book for years, years, years until we donated it when I was like a teenager. Never read it. Never even opened it. I don't even know why we... I, again, maybe someone got it as a gift. I don't know, but... Right. Book fair seems the most likely. Those were the best. Oh, they were great, we, man. Having money to spend on, like, random stuff, like Scholastic Magazine. Yeah. Do they even do those anymore? I don't know. <laughs> probably just, like... It's probably, like, an app fair where you can go get apps <laughs> for, like, discounted price. I love the book fair, too, because, like, yeah, you know, you get a little bit of cash, like, maybe, like, $15 or $10, but they had so much, like, non-book shit, too, so, yeah. like, you really you get, like nonsense you can get all your cool bookmarks bookmarks and erasers like that pop on the back of the the pencil oh yeah those are cool good times and then, and then you got like, crazy straws like they were wilding out <laughs> they didn't give a shit uh, 
so yeah, that's that's pretty much my memory was like I always thought, even though I've never seen this, I've always thought of Harriet the Spy first when I saw Michelle Trachtenberg. Mm. Even as a huge Buffy fan, like when I oh, saw Oh, that's interesting. But you know, I watched Buffy later. Like I, I saw it when I was 18. Like it was like it was way off the air. Like that's I didn't true. watch Buffy when I was young or like watch it like live. So I you know, and she pops up in season five. So I remember like watching it and being like Holy shit, look, it's Harriet the Spy. You know, yeah. I'm like, even though I never saw the movie. But yeah, she's just always been Harriet the Spy to me. But if I had to guess, like before we sat down, you're like, hey, we're watching this Nickelodeon movie about a little girl's a spy. And the opening of the movie almost did it for me. You know, when she like kind of stops that robbery? Yeah. I thought it was going to be about a little girl who's obsessed with being a spy. She walks around her neighborhood writing shit about her neighbors. And then she sees something like big and stumbles upon some kind of criminal activity or some kind of conspiracy or maybe the mayor's doing something evil and then maybe she bands together with the kids they have some big like standoff and they like save the town they stop the crime they like like kid fantasy shit yeah yeah like like spy kids you know what i mean like <laughs> like that movie yes you know except that was way more technology based and so i was kind of just expecting one of those you know what i mean where she was like and all her friends are like you're not a spy and then by the end she proves that she's the true spy because she really did yeah. figure it out a, a bunch of corn basically yeah like just expecting. like just like a kid adventure you know and like they're, they're they get caught and they're running and yeah. they you know a couple of henchmen slip and fall <laughs> and i was kind of expecting that and then like this was like a weird not weird i keep saying the word weird <laughs> it was only you weird were so thrown yeah, off threw me off but it's just like a like it's like a character drama and it totally makes sense as written in the 60s because like <laughs> other kids entertainment like by all accounts i could see a kid going nothing happens in this movie mm, mm-hmm. i don't think that's true but like i can see from a kid perspective of like you know i watch movies where like kids save the world and kids go on adventures and kids become you know, kung fu masters and, and spies and shit. So it's like, this is like about a girl whose like friends get mad at her and then she like has to make up with them. Yeah. So I could see it just, it just didn't seem like something that 1996 kids entertainment would do. They'd do something bigger and louder. Yes. And, you know, crazier. I feel like this movie taps in a lot into the emotions of a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, there's way more... They dwell on stuff that, like, an adult drama would do more so. Exactly. I'm thinking of, like, what's, like... I think then Nickelodeon did, like, Snow Day. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I was expecting. It's, It's... School closes down... There's a snowplow man coming. The kids go, hey, if we stop the snowplow man, we get to have another day off of school. Right. The whole ki- all the kids work together and throw snowballs at him and beat, yeah. the, beat the bad guy. And they go, we were kids. That's I was expecting something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I think those movies are like very like cause and effect. Like this happened, so this happened. But this one's like this is happening. But like how how does Harriet process these things? That's why I said it. I didn't mean <laughs> oh, sorry. History yeah. of violence. Duh. So I was like, oh, this yeah. is insane. <laughs> Minus the violence. I mean, there's some violence. But, oh, man. Um, That's so crazy, though. I love yeah. how thrown off you were. And there was, I still, like, <laughs> t- until you told me, that nothing about this movie told me that it would took place in 1996. Mm. Every, like, the way, the way, like, the kids, like, built tree houses, the way they, like, all played together. Like, the whole class seemed to also do things outside of the classroom. That right, just seemed like, right. I was like, that's weird. And like, I was like, there was even like a kid with a Game Boy. Like I was just, I was a kid in 1996. Like, I was right. almost their age. So I was just like, it doesn't look at all, like everything seemed old school. Mm-hmm. So if you told me, like if we sat down and you were like, so Harry Despise about a girl in 1966, I'd be like, totally. <laughs> you know? like Yeah. Well, and now that I think of it, where the hell is the subway? There was no subway in this New York City. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's because Toronto doesn't have a subway. Oh, man, that's uh, hilarious. Um, well, cause, yeah, that's hard to do when you're faking New York because our trains look specific and other cities' trains look different. That's so, like, true. you have to really work at masking it. To, yeah. To, you know? And I also think, I mean, in the 60s, 
it was probably more likely that you would let your kid loose after school. Yeah. Like, there's no way you let an 11 year old just roam the city. Yeah, everything after about school. this. Yeah, everything. And even the fact that she's obsessed with, like, writing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. that it's impossible, but, like, again, we're in the era of Game Boys and Nintendos and shit. Like, kids are not really that into just, like, let's all go sit in a tree for the whole afternoon, you know? Like, I, I you know, so one of those kids <laughs> would have had Super Nintendo and they would have been like, let's go. or, like, going to Blockbuster, you know, like, we're yeah. renting movies. And then even when they went to the movies, they saw fucking, like, a 1930s i don't even remember what it was i didn't write it down oh yeah i i didn't look i was hoping you would know what that movie was but <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I did think, not i think i might have wrote something but anyway but yeah that's super cool um i'm so excited to dive into it actually i think we can go ahead and get started oh yeah let's do it Yo, right off the bat, that I knew it was an early Nick movie because that Nick logo was old school as shit, and I don't, I don't recall that one at all. <laughs> that opening Nick logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I have a question for you: Is it a requirement that all children's movies that you grew up watching have Eartha Kid in them for some reason? <laughs> <laughs> was, I guess she was just around. She was just around a lot, and this one seemed like the most unnecessary. Not unnecessary, but just like it's like yeah. like it was it was a fun scene. But I'm just like that. Oh, I guess I'll say one other thing. Having not read the book, I can definitely tell this felt like an adaptation and they glossed over a lot of things that I could tell were put in there because they were in the book. Like what what things, for example? Kind of like Eartha Kitt's entire character. Oh. Like I just feel like that had more to do with it. And like kind of the classmates too. Like they go through that whole big thing of introducing each one of them like one by one. Yes. And then they kind of don't do anything until way later in the movie. Yeah. And I kind of it, that kind of felt like a book thing. In mm. books, pacing is very different, and you can kind of just like plant seeds really early on. And there was probably a lot more scenes of her in school with those kids and stuff like that. So I just felt like a lot of stuff was like introduced and then and then getting rid of. Sometimes you know you read a book and you love it, and then you watch the movie and you're like it was good, but we got way less of. You know, they're so-and-so's relationship. Right. So, uh, to me, it felt there were some parts of this where it felt a little like like it rushes through. I'll kind of talk about it in the spy catcher stuff later. Right. And, like, the the cat guy. All that stuff felt like book stuff and not really, like, right. movie stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, to that point, usually a movie will sort of focus in on your main character and what, what their world is, what their problems that they need to face. But because Harriet... Her part of her character is observing the world. That's how she lives. So because of that, there are so many characters that we're introduced to with their own sort of subplots that we don't necessarily go into 100%. Yeah. Like you just said. Yeah, they did leave that part of the book where that we're introduced to characters and then they come back later and they're in a different place. But they're like not the main part of the movie, but yeah. we're seeing them through Harriet's eyes. And I, I really love that. Obviously, they cut back on the amount of details. Yeah. That were included, but I do love that that they kept this aspect of it because they could have easily cut that out and just delved more into the Harriet of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I really love that they stay too, true to her character and how she sees the world. And then to your other point of it being a book, Rosie O'Donnell's character, Golly, she's a very significant person in Harriet's life, um, and she's a hundred percent like more present in the book than she is yeah. in, the, in the movie. Like okay. that's an example, just just there yeah when well, it's time to talk about golly we'll, we'll i got some i got some thoughts oh man yeah. <laughs> cool so when we're introduced to harriet the spy like you said earlier like we're really it's it sort of opens as like your typical movie right like she's spying and she stops a robber in yeah. chinatown so i was like here we go <laughs> 
Yeah. Like and, is what we're doing. And I love I love the way that we see bits and pieces of the people. She she has like her own spy route. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. I like that she has this routine and she, she spies on this family in Chinatown that's running their store and this weird milkman who's supposedly like robbing the his employers. Yeah, yeah. There's a cat man who has hundreds of cats and, and birds. And birds and he hides from the pet could patrol. Speaking of the jazz <laughs> thing, I I noticed all his birds were named after jazz musicians. Oh, were like they? Like when he was listing their names. Oh. And he was like, oh, come here. You know, uh, I don't remember who he's like Charlie Parker. I can't remember who he said. Yeah. But I oh, that's so time. cool. Uh, that guy's apparent. Like all the all these actors are Canadian, by the way, basically, yeah, except yeah. for Michelle and Rosie. But yeah, yeah. I, I found that to be very interesting. But he's a musician himself. Uh, I don't know how popular he is in Canada, but I, I, I really enjoyed his yeah. scatting. <laughs> I gotta say, for Harriet though, if you're trying to be a spy and you craft yourself on not being seen, a wearing the same thing every day <laughs> seems like a bad idea. B, if you're gonna do that, bright yellow. Right, Seems yellow. like not the best thing to be hiding in. <laughs> I just think you can spot her from miles away. Like, miles. oh, there's Harriet lurking like a creep. Yeah. Uh, looking behind the dumpster. <laughs> you just see that bright yellow just reflecting the, the sun. obvious. <laughs> yeah, you should, be, you should have like three outfits for each day. You should be like going out in one thing and then at two o'clock swapping outfits. So people are like, I thought I said Harriet, but she was wearing stripes, you know? The the one thing about the wardrobe... But she was a kid, so it's funny. Yeah. yeah. The one thing about the wardrobe that I found interesting was one, in the book, she has glasses and she's more of a tomboy. Whereas yeah. in the movie, they made her more like a regular girl, tomboy-ish. Yeah. Um, they stripped the glasses. Like... Her being a tomboy in itself was like, oh my god, like how dare she yeah. as a woman, <laughs> you know, or like as a young girl not wear a dress. Even like the spy thing, I mean, like you know, the '60s, like we weren't really putting lady spies and things. You That's know, so, so true. Yeah, that's um, another element that made me think it was the '60s too, because between bo- Bond coming out, the first Bond movie, and the Mission Impossible TV series, the mm-hmm. '60s were like spies were our favorite thing in fiction yeah so it makes sense that they would write the book about a little girl who's obsessed with spies mm-hmm. as opposed to the 90s where like i didn't want to be a spy like i don't know <laughs> what did you think about like her world and like how it was sort of displayed to us and like her friends and how and basically her voiceover too like having a kid voice over yeah. her thoughts her very like straightforward yeah not always nice thoughts <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the voiceover. Uh, I know it's, you know, sometimes it can be called a crutch in writing, but I think this story, it makes sense because she's writing so much. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is that it's private to everybody except for us because we're seeing it through her point of view. So we actually, it's a good method to deliver that information to us. So I was into that. Yeah, the opening was interesting. I wonder if I ever watch this again, if I'll have different opinions, because I was just trying to grasp, like, what the movie was going to be about. Mm. Of, like, I'm just like, what's the plot here? So I felt like I wasn't... Like, now I know that they were just kind of, like, building a world. Yeah. And I knew it was based on a book before we started, but I kind of forgot. And remember, I was surprised that it was, like, two hours, and I was like, this is probably 90 minutes. It's Nickelodeon, (laughs) in and out. Yes. And then once it started, I was like, oh, this is a book. It's probably a long book, because this is, like... They're seeding so many things that... That's why I mean, it felt like an adaptation in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I dug it. I mean, I think uh, it's shot really interestingly. Like, this movie, like, there's some real, like, again, not, like, kind of, like, filmmaking... Like, not, not to disrespect people making Nickelodeon movies, but, like, kind of auteurish-style shots that you wouldn't normally get in a kid's thing because they're like, kids will not sure. appreciate it. Who cares? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I kind of... I, I, I was digging it. The class thing of introducing everybody... It did throw me off that we really don't have anybody in your class outside of the the bad girl do anything until like past halfway through the movie. Uh-huh. So it felt weird to like take all that time to be like this is 
Johnny, he's got freckles. This is purple socks. He's got purple socks, you know? <laughs> right, right. And that to me felt bookish where I was like, I bet these kids probably do a lot in the first half of the story in the book and they just didn't have time yeah. to, to do that because this movie's already two hours. For sure. I think, though, for us as an audience, it made us aware of how observant Harriet is and how much note she Yeah, gets, yeah. Like you kinda, you yeah. The closest people to Harriet are her two best friends, Sport and Janie. Who are so cool. Uh, again, I wanted... So cool. I, well, I mean, they just had good banter. You know what I mean? Like, they'd hang out on the steps. Oh, my God. Hanging out on the steps, that's so Gossip Girl, now that I think Is of it. it. That's so weird. Is that what they do? Uh, yeah, they hang out on the steps. That's where they gossip? That's where they gossip, sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Michelle was in Gossip Girl. Oh. Yo, this is where those IMDb trivia, like, Michelle was on the steps in Harriet the Spy, and then in 2009, she was in Gossip Girl. Yeah, like, right. this and is where... the worst. <laughs> in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, her bedroom was upstairs, so she often had to take the steps to go to her room. <laughs> They're so freaking <laughs> It's like everything's steps. <laughs> Michelle's also known for taking steps in real life as well. Oh, God. <laughs> their their wardrobe, too, I found to be very complimentary of each other and just made them stand out as a three oh, in cool. comparison to the other kids in their class. Yeah. It's not even that they had like a, a unique fashion sense, but I just really loved how they looked together. Like, I thought that the trio was cast very well and the chemistry from my research, lived off-camera as well between the three of them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which I really liked. I kind of caught that in the spoiler and when they all danced together at the end. It kind of <laughs> seemed like, yeah, they're having fun. I bet, yeah. I bet this was a fun shoot to be on. Exactly. And next to her friends, probably the closest person to Harry is her nanny, Golly. Oh, yeah. Played by Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, Golly. What was your take on this character? can't believe this whole movie finished and we didn't find out that she was either magical or made up. <laughs> I was shocked that she was a real person. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know. Just everything about her, including to when she left holding a goddamn umbrella like Mary Poppins. I was like, yeah, she's a magical nanny, right? Like, <laughs> I thought, I thought, because like once I found that the movie was weird, I thought like you thought she made her up. Yeah. Wow. And it wasn't like it was like it wasn't in like the uh, until the other characters were like truly talking about her, where I was like, all right, I don't think this movie's gonna pull us fast on like that. But I really, she just seemed so magical and not like a real person. Yeah, she doesn't talk like a normal human being. And the movie like just doesn't tell you anything about her. Like who is? How old is she? Who is she? Does she like? I know you get the, like the that she's dating the one guy. Like, but outside of that, I was just like everything about her is mysterious. She's just on. She just shows up. She's got advice for days. <laughs> she just she's just all advice twenty four seven. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like Harriet older. Like, I don't even know. Like, I was, like once I realized this wasn't gonna be about a kid throwing pies in a villain's face, I was <laughs> like, all right. So now anything's up for grabs. So I was like, holy fuck! I think this girl's like mentally unstable, mm. and this is like her way of coping with like life is like to manifest this gully lady who like encourages her writing like there was nothing wrong with gully ever so i was just like she's like so perfect that i thought or i thought gully was real and she died mm. and she keeps envisioning that gully still watches over her yo it is so funny how your brain goes watching this <laughs> as an adult because i never questioned anything as a kid oh, watching man. this movie like i couldn't believe it like when she came back i thought it was gonna be like it was going to, like, fade out, and then, like, Michelle was going to be, or Harriet was going to be, like, at her grave, like, talking <laughs> to the grave. You know what I mean? Like, and we were going to be like, oh, fuck. When they said that she was going to see Golly, they were taking her to the grave site. So. Oh, Jesus Or maybe, Christ. like, the like the therapist was going to help her, like, realize it. Like, you know, I was, there was so many.
many. I was just kept waiting for it. I'm like, when are we gonna find out she's a ghost that or is imaginary? So weird. Go- yeah, I thought it was either she was dead. She existed at one point. <laughs> And this was like the idealized version of her. Yeah. Or she never existed. And she just was like, I love writing. So I want to make like this cool poetic lady who like always speaks in. She speaks not realistically. She speaks like someone wrote her lines. Yes. You know, which is, it's a, you know, obviously someone did. But I don't know. It just seemed like. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, in the movie, it's put as in, like, Golly's been with her since she was born, you know? like So yeah. she's raising Harriet. Yeah, yeah. One review that I found wrote that Golly makes Mary Poppins look like a fraud, oh, which I bird. found hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but she was so, man. When she was holding that umbrella later, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Dude. She's got to at least have magical powers. Yeah. Like, if she's not dead... She just has all the wisdom. I guess. And she takes them to this magical garden. Yeah. So I don't blame you there. Yo, this freaking they, garden they, looks cast, so cool. If they casted a black... If that was like Whoopi Goldberg, they would have got so much like magical Negro criticism. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that, She could have been like Bagger Vance or... Will, was that Will Smith? I can't remember. Where he just like shows up and gives white people advice. Like, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah, like just like the magical... You know, yeah, like, that's yeah. what I was kind of... So I was like, is she like the magical <laughs> lesbian? Like, I, don't, I don't know. What's the trope? Is that a trope? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Actually, I didn't even think about that. So, Rosie O'Donnell being a lesbian, I wonder... Was she out in 1996? I don't know if don't she, was, she out, was But the book was is and the movie is actually um, very praised in the LGBTQ community. Interesting. Because Harriet sort of symbolizes... Like what it means to be stay true to yourself and be yourself despite what people think of you and all this stuff. And like to a lot of women who realized that they were gay and the the original author of this book was gay as well. So they're like, oh, snap, she's like sending us a message, you know, like through this and with Harriet being a tomboy, like it's okay to like not be your typical woman. So I wonder if like it probably not, but like I think Rosie O'Donnell being in this movie was sort of like an extra nod to that. Like a complimentary one. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool. But yeah, Golly has an infinite amount of wisdom and I think while she's in Harriet's life sort of levels her out because Harriet's very like she could spiral at at any moment and I think Golly just yeah. helps her not. <laughs> yeah. Later, we're going to have a therapist who I might disagree with. So oh, we'll, 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 I can't wait. We'll get there. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I think we're going to get there pretty soon unless there's any... Stop me at any point if there's anything you want to talk about. Yeah, the only thing I want to just talk about jumping forward in, in terms of her classmates is we haven't really talked about the like the, the bad guy, the girl. Uh, oh, Marion Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, Marion Hawthorne. She's a pretty typical, like, quote-unquote, like, bully villain you know like the yes. rich the rich girl blah blah but i don't interesting that harriet was also like a little rich girl yes you know she didn't act like it but i felt like she had probably the same amount of like family money that marion had oh for sure they just like live differently and, and then they, her parents kind of had like cooler jobs unless like marion seemed like old money you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i just thought that was interesting where you don't normally get that like i feel like you would usually make Harriet, like, poor. So that way it's you'd be like, oh, yeah. And then, like, then she gets bullied by the rich kid. That's so but true. But she's also a rich kid. And, like, it comes up a couple times in the movie, too. Like, later, because her friend's poor. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's not like they never talk about it. So I just thought that was, like, a... I didn't expect that. Yeah, I think that seeing this movie this time around, I was 100% on Harriet's side as a child. But now I'm, like you're kind of a bully too like you weren't like as oh yeah it, it wasn't black and white you know no, like no, no. 
But yeah, Marion Hawthorne was an interesting character. And I think that where she's more upfront with her bullying yeah, or thoughts, I guess, uh, Harriet's just more like she was exposed yeah. as one. For so sure. yeah, it's, yeah that's I just wanted, interesting. wanted to talk about Marion and just say that I, and her outfits were so weird. She just like a Puritan. It looked like a, she's like a Quaker <laughs> or something. I know. She she looks like she just came from horseback riding every, every yeah, single season. Yeah, that or like, like Amish. Like it's literally just like she's always like, it's like the top button to the top. Like she was very like full sleeves like it looked very like old school yeah victorian almost it's like you know you're like you're like yes i'm very i'm a proper woman <laughs> and you just reminded me too when we're introduced to marion hawthorne that epic like them pretending like the plague is coming yeah, and approaching yeah. uh-huh. i've never seen 11 year olds plot about killing or poisoning <laughs> yeah yeah someone in their class <laughs> this movie is so dark <laughs> yeah that's just a little taste <laughs> So that was a little intro to that. But yeah, to your point, Harriet is also rich and her parents are always out and about at these parties yeah. and extravagant things. That's why she's so like gullies uh, like her mom, basically, because her parents don't, don't fucking raise her. Exactly. I wonder what were her parents' jobs in the book. I don't know. Uh, what were is it in this? I already forgot. Wasn't it like, were they like something in the film industry or something? Like, I feel <sighs> like they had some kind of like cool, sexy job. They did. That's why they were always at like parties and swanky things. Like yes. Some kind of like Hollywoody type stuff. I suck because I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, but my excuse is I always hated the parents and I still do. Yeah. The mom more than the dad. Oh, yeah. As much as like a lot of these kids got problems, they're young enough where I'm like, this is from this comes from the parents. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I can't like throw it all down an 11 year old <laughs> and be like, you weren't mature enough to handle this. Right. <laughs> so on one of the nights where the parents are not raising their child, Gully invites a date over, which yes, was a little unprofessional on her part. Yeah. <laughs> but it was such like an old school date. Like it was like, I cooked dinner and I set her at a table with candles, you know, like it was very like old school absolutely that's why i was like i was like oh this is like what a kid would think a date is that's why i thought all this was like fake Mm, yeah that makes sense i'd love to get your take on this whole uh sequence where they go have dinner watch a movie and come home to this crazy blow up of a scene yeah i don't know (laughs) that's my answer I mean, the whole the whole buildup, it was a very, like, cute scene, them going to the movies and, like, her kind of warming up to the guy because at first she doesn't like that the guy's there because it's, like, taken away from her gully time. Yeah. But she, like, warms up to him. But then, like, it just, it seemed weird. To me, again, this seemed more like, it was, like, an adaptation thing where just they had to cut out stuff for time where you said there's a lot more of gully in the beginning. I felt like I, I didn't really understand, and I'm jumping ahead to just one little scene of Gully's decision of, the mom is mad that she took the kid out, right. yells at her and tells her she's fired, immediately regrets it, and then s- says, no, I'm sorry, I don't want to fire you. And then she decides to leave. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I didn't know enough about anything about their relationship to understand why that was happening. Because mm. earlier they had that talk where she's like, you know, one day I'm not going to be here for you and you're going to have to be on your own. And then three days later was that day. So I was just like, that's like a cold-ass way to say something. So again, that's why I was like, is she real? Because it, <laughs> it didn't seem like a decision a normal person would make. And the fact that she never gives a reason why, other than she says, oh, you're old enough to be on your own. Right. But like, why not three days earlier? It just seemed like a weird thing to say to someone. Yeah. It'd be like you already wanted to leave and you were just testing the water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like you're at someone's house and you're just like, oh, you know, 
I am getting a little tired. And the person's like, oh, cool, I'm tired too. And you're like, oh, then I'm going to leave. Like, you were just kind of like, you know, but if they were like, oh, let's chill for another hour. You're like, all right, but soon I got to go. So right. it's where she'd be like, one day I'm going to leave. And she's like, okay. And she's like, and that day's tomorrow? Like, <laughs> so again, it just seemed hmm. all like stuff that it just made sense if to me if she wasn't real. Uh, interesting. I always took it as, you know, she knows that the time is approaching to leave. And then this was just the opportunity. Like, Kind of like what you said, but nicer. You know, like, it's like, okay, you know what? Maybe it is time. Like, maybe this is the moment and the opening for that to happen. Um, It just seems like such a dramatic way to do it. Because I feel like Gully would know that her leaving would make Harriet resent her parents. Because, like, it kind of started from her, them yelling at Gully. Right. It just seemed like, I don't know. It was like, I'd be like... Hmm. Gully should have been like, I mean, in, in two weeks I leave? Like, yeah. you know, but like, because immediately she just hates her parents. Like, you drove Gully away. I, I think this is for the dramatics for the sake of the movie. Yeah. Situation. Um, so, yeah. And then also, I guess, because we really only had like that one barely, I mean, it was a really long scene and it helped develop their relationship of Gully taking them to the park and stuff. Yes. But it was still, because I'll be honest, that whole scene, I thought, <laughs> I thought Gully was sports mom. What? Because they don't they don't say anything about the the relationship. Like she's just like watching the kids. Yeah. And I think they already said something about Michelle's mom. They mentioned mom while Gully was there, so I was like, all right, so it's not her mom. <laughs> so I thought it was her mom, That's and then it, so it wasn't until the scene when they were alone, and she's like, "How long have I been with you, Harriet?" You know, and then I was like, "Oh, she's her fucking nanny." <laughs> so that's why, like. Th- I was t- it took me that long just to even get that that was her nanny. Right. So then for it to be like this big, like it's time for you to leave. And I was just like, oh, like, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it threw me off. And I just feel like that was more adaptation-y type stuff. Of, I see. That's so I a sports mom. Yeah. <laughs> but it still just made it like, you know, like if it made more sense of like her brain was being like, it's time for you to let your emotional support imaginary friend go. I see. So she's leaving right now. As yeah. opposed to a real human being like. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to go. Like, you know, like, where'd she right. go? And if she was, just, like, talk about it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I think the reason why this movie and this moment in particular hit home for me was because around the time that I was watching and was obsessed with this movie is when my parents broke up. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I can see that. this it- is really teaching a kid how they experience and go through the different stages of loss. And for me, being separated from my dad, I felt I felt betrayed yeah. the way that Harriet felt when Gully left her. Mm-hmm. So I also went through a, <laughs> a lot of tantrums when, you know, we moved away to Rhode Island and I was just like, I just want to be with my dad. Like, I don't understand why you're doing this. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I think in that sense, a lot of kids could relate to this movie and like dealing with loss and like having a relatable character in that sense. For sure. And hating their moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, sorry. That was dark. But yeah. <laughs> like this movie. Um, but yeah, I... It's it's so interesting to watch this as an adult too because I'm not as mad as Gully as I was as a kid. Yeah. But I'm still freaking pissed at the mom at reacting that way. Yeah. Because that was like a very like running through your emotions. Yeah. But at the same time, character wise, I can see where Harriet gets it from. Yeah. So I was like, oh, at least there's <laughs> consistency yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and the dad is sort of like the more level level headed one. Yeah. And yeah, I like I like all, all that stuff you said. I co-sign. I think it's a great kind of message and to tell to teach kids because it's a very hard thing to learn. Yeah. And you kind of don't learn it until you experience it. So I, I think all oh, that's good. It was it was more just the way it laid out. It just threw me off as yeah. a, 
as me. Well, I, I think as a kid too, like loss can sneak up on you like that. So maybe, yes, it happens so fast, but like to a kid, that's how it feels like yeah. that quick. Like they didn't see all the seeds being planted, yeah. but it just like dramatically happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, at this point, did you think like the whole movie was then going to be about her being miserable without Gully? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Again, it, yeah, because now we're like, <laughs> we're 35 minutes in and like there's still no like real plot to be spoken That's so of. so true. I can't believe how freaking <laughs> Richard, Richard Linklater this movie is. <laughs> I literally, I, as I said that last sentence, I glanced out of my notes and my next note was, movie seems a little plotless so far. <laughs> I don't know when I wrote that, but, oh, it was right after the movie thing because I wrote, there's no way a sixth grader would be that into like a movie from the 30s. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh. <gasps> Oh, ah. <gasps> like watching it as if it was fucking Indiana Jones or something. <laughs> I don't remember exactly when this happens, but at some point, that old man with the cats gets his cats taken away, and they're all in a big old sack dragged <laughs> down the street. So I wrote sack of cats. Cold. <laughs> Apparently, that was Janie, like the actress's little brother in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> I I read it in an article. I'm not exactly sure if it's true. Like I didn't dig into it, but like that's like him like knocking the bag yeah. over, and they're like, "Do you want to do something fun?" You know. <laughs> um. But yeah, there was no way. Like, yeah. is there a sack of cats ever? <laughs> it, it, there's no real place to put this, but you know when uh Harriet's making like her tomato sandwiches with mayonnaise, yeah. Uh, which grossed you out. I oh know. yeah, my least favorite <laughs> ingredients. Uh, <laughs> tomatoes and mayonnaise in white bread i hate all three of those oh, so freaking gross um but in in the book they're i mean in in the movie it's supposed to be representative of like harriet always wanting the same things exactly the way it is yeah and never changing in the book there are more examples of that but like they cut it down to like a tomato sandwich Got so it. like just just to bring that up i don't know i i thought that was really interesting because like i didn't re- i never really took it that way yeah like, I, didn't I, really, I just scene. thought it was like a weird quirk i wasn't really thinking about it exactly past that scene <laughs> um okay cool or more and more just showing like because her mom was trying to get her to change and she didn't want to so it was like the, the anim- mm. not the animosity but like that little lack of connection between the two of them yeah yeah freaking huge lack of connection yeah. um okay cool so Harriet navigating her life without Gully, I think, is when she starts to lose her, like, spy pizzazz. Yeah. And that really comes crashing down after she gets caught. At Eartha Kitt's house? Yeah, at Eartha Kitt's house, which I think is... I forget what year The Emperor's Groove came out, but I feel like this is the villain personified yeah. from Emperor's New Groove. She looked, I mean, I know we said in Emperor's New Groove they drew her to look like Eartha Kitt, but she really looked like whatever her name was in that Esme? movie. Esme? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I mean, I know you remember, but the audience doesn't know. We we started this pretty late at night, and so I we actually turned it off because I was getting tired right at yeah. this point, and we had to finish it the next day. And I remember like getting sleepy during the Eartha Kitt scene and being like, oh, yeah. I was really confused at like what was going on in that scene and like why we were there. I think it was because I was falling asleep. Let's rewatch it. And then I rewatched it fully awake with a cup of coffee, and I was like, oh, I still don't understand <laughs> who this is or why she's there. And I was, like, it's not explained. Like, I get the point of it. It's to show that she sucks at spying now, but yeah. it was just so funny where I thought, like, I, I thought it was like. Again, the movie still hasn't had a plot, so I'm like, oh, now she's gonna see that she's got diamonds, and and you know she just has to stop this like thief from robbing more diamonds or some shit like that. Absolutely. And it wasn't that at all. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. It's just like let's uh make a scene for Eartha Kitt. Exactly. <laughs> Though I'm sure this character was in the in the book. Yeah. But yeah, I think her realizing she kind of sucks at spying 
finally allows her to be like, yeah, I'll be a regular kid for a day and go play with the rest of my classmates. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, before we jump into the kids playing, when she's at sports house and sports, uh, she's learning about sports life that he like takes care of the house and cooks for his dad. Yeah. Why does he have to wear the dress to do housework? I don't or think the he, skirt. I don't think he has to. Again, this is where I wonder <laughs> if this is the another. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you can fathom a man doing something like that is if he dressed like a woman. Well, in the book, <laughs> you know, she calls him poor in her notebook in the movie. Um, in the book, she calls him a fussy old woman. But again, I wonder if this is a nod to like him potentially being gay oh maybe you know that's like 11 he hasn't even got through puberty yet like, i know but sometimes you just want to that's true you know yeah i guess so i just thought it was like i just thought it was like an old like like a like an old ass writer of just being like well yeah i mean if you it's ladies work so you put on ladies clothes i'll put the kid <laughs> in the ladies clothes you know like i thought it was like that's how dumb they thought of it you know? i see <laughs> but anyway i just thought yeah. it was funny where i was like it's not like you didn't lose a bet. Like, just like, like, why do you have to wear that? To- That's so true. <laughs> but yeah, maybe he likes it. I don't know. Yeah. And now I think of it too. I mean, she explores, she, she hangs out with sport and sees how much responsibilities he has, which I oddly like related to sport a lot. Just like sort of being with your parents and like trying to take care of things while they're like figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that line was poignant when, when he was talking about how all everything has to do to balance the money in the house. And Harriet's like, I hate money. And he just was like, yeah, you fucking, <laughs> you wouldn't say that if you didn't have it. Right, exactly. Like, that was like the, co- he was just like, fuck you, bitch. Like, it was just so, like, that was like the meanest shit you could say when you're as rich as Harriet to your yeah. poor friend. It's like, oh, I hate money. Because <laughs> daddy gives it to me. Daddy. Daddy. Daddy, I need binoculars. <laughs> daddy. That's my Harriet impression. Oh my god! <laughs> and freaking Janie with their science lab yeah, in her room. Yeah, that was crazy. She's like Dexter. I was like, "There's no way." A b- I don't want to be stereotypical, but like, if I had that in my room, my my black mom would not tolerate <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Especially when she's like, the ass is gonna burn through the floor. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but yeah, that was classic. Uh, I mean, I could also see that being a '60s thing too, like the mad scientist, like you know, like all these like weird quirks <laughs> these kids are into is all like old school shit. Yeah. Man, okay, so I this is where I knew the tables were going to turn, and I was like, oh, Andy's not going to see this coming, this park scene. Yeah. Tell me where your head was at. <laughs> I got to know. I got to know. Uh, first thing first thing I thought was what I said earlier was I find it very strange that this entire class hangs out together outside of school. Mm. I just didn't, I didn't believe that. They're like, I get it when you're in school, but like school ends and they all go to the park together, like everybody. <laughs> And then they're all like, what are we going to play? And I'm like, that never happened. Like, as soon as school ended, you had your friends. But, like, you know, you were just because someone was in your class doesn't mean you're like, so that was just like, this seems like the 60s. And and also doesn't seem like New York City. It seems like small town shit. Yes. Like, like the kids at it or something. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're all in the same class and they all go to the creek after after school. (laughs) But, like, for New York City, I'm like, there's got to be some kids in all their classes they're friends with. Yeah. And I think the bus took them there. Yeah. And they also, like, (laughs) Perp, like they all like did it. yeah yeah seriously <laughs> I didn't even notice that <laughs> but yeah like and then they were all such different personalities where I'm like they wouldn't want to hang out anyway yeah so that was my first thought 
Then I was like, I had no idea what bumper tag was. And I was really curious to trying to figure that out. I wanted to know if you, because I'd never heard it no. or seen bumper tag in my life. And also the first couple of kids didn't have any books in their hand. Because I guess bumper tag is throwing someone's shit in the air. Yeah. And like bumping into them, I think. Oh, like pushing I, them. Oh, was it? I thought it was just specifically grabbing their books and chunking them. And that was like, you're it now. Oh. But because like the first two kids like didn't have books. So I was also like, what are they doing? And then eventually it was like, they were all throwing books and everyone's laughing about it. So I'm like, oh, it's probably the rules. Like, yeah, yeah. Chunk your books. But yeah, as soon as her private book flew in the air, and I'm like, there's the plot. And I uh, was like, like I was still, was, we're like 40 fucking five minutes in at this point. And I was yes. like, there still hasn't been an inciting incident in this movie. So I was waiting for it. And then um, it was from here on out where the movie really just got like, not not fully like dark, but just so wild and like crazy with its choices. Where I was just like, I don't know where we're going. Like, <laughs> like everything was pretty, it was different, but it wasn't too crazy. I wasn't like, Oh my god, what are we watching here? Yeah. And then it was just like the meanness of like these kids. It all seems very 1960s. Mm. Now that I now that I know, it all makes so much. For th- we watched this four days ago, so I've been walking around. I'm like, why the fuck? These <laughs> kids were brutal, man. Yeah, they were pretty mean. And on and watching it this time around, I was like, is this? I mean, this is Mean Girls before Mean Girls. Oh, I know. I wrote that. I wrote that in here. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. So. Because the whole time I was kind of buying that like her spy book was like a spy book. But once they were reading it, I was like, oh, it's just like a burn book. Like, yeah. She, she basically is getting canceled for her Twitter feed. Yes. Right, right, <laughs> right on the spot. Because she just was ripping people up on Twitter every day. Yeah. And then also, yeah, that's when like I lost, like not lost, but it was harder to relate to Harriet. Because I was like, you are mm. mean as fuck. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then also her friends, I lost all respect for Janie and Sport. The second that, like, they found out Harry was mean. I'm down with not being friends with Harriet. But they went and been friends with Marion right after that. Yeah. Like, they spent so much time in this movie seeding how much the three of them hated Marion. And I was like, yeah, you guys have no fucking morals. Like, you got <laughs> nothing. You're just like, oh, you're not cool? I'm going to st-. Like, she immediately stands behind Marion like a punk-ass bitch yeah. after, after Janie reads the book. So I was just like, oh, your friends are fucking oh, fickle. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Again, these are all 11-year-olds, so, like, I'm not expecting them to have the maturity of adults, but, like, still. I wasn't even thinking of it that way. I just felt like they were all, like siding with each other because they were all emotionally affected by Harriet. So it was like not like a friendship thing, but more of like a support group sort of approach. Yeah, okay, I guess I could I could go with that. It's it was so funny to read how this scene was I think one of the first scenes that they all shot together, like all the kids, uh-huh. but also how emotionally um, it like affected them. Yeah. Because they all had to like group together and laugh at Harriet and do all these things. Like as kid actors, it and affected then, them. And then each had to get sad when their thing in the book got read. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Yeah, pretty vicious. Yeah. The kids were also like mean to each other. Like... Like, when, when they were reading the book and they were like, the only thing worse than being Marion Hawthorne is wanting to be Marion Hawthorne. And then they all, like, pointed at the girl and they were like, ah, that's you, you dumbass. And I was like, yo, I thought you guys were on the same team here. Right. I thought you were going to be like, I can't believe she said that. You know, like, they were like, you do. That's you. She got your number. <laughs> you know what she said about you? Yeah. She- yeah. No, it, yeah. The kids, like, it was like they had short-term memory. Like Yeah. It was, oh, man. But, you know, like, like at least, like, sport, like, he was like, I'm out of here. Like, at least he didn't go, like, I mean, he kind of did later, but mm-hmm. at least in that moment, he wasn't just, like, on, like, uh, you know, Janie was just punking out yeah. right there. I think Janie was 
the meanest one yeah. because I mean she was plotting about like poisoning Marion, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, there's. And I kind of feel like was it? Didn't she read like an abridged version of what Harriet wrote about her? Because she yes. did read it, but I feel like it wasn't that mean when she read it in the beginning. When she first wrote it in the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, she made it meaner for sure. But like Janie read it, you know what I mean? Like it would make more sense if. Marion oh, read that's it. Oh, so true. And yeah. Marion was like editing out the good stuff just to say the bad stuff. But like Janie read it. That's why I was like, wait a minute. She didn't. She wasn't that mean. Yeah. Because like all she read was like, yo, she's a crazy ass bitch. She's probably going to be in jail tomorrow or something. You know, she was just like. But I was like, no, it said like she's either going to be the greatest scientist who ever lived or a mad scientist. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that, she didn't say any of that stuff. So I just thought that was weird. Yeah. That was a little weird. I wonder if it's just like her seeing the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Part. Um, but yeah, the what she says about these kids is freaking brutal, especially when she's like, if I was the guy with the purple socks, I'd hang myself. Yeah, but even that, well, that that I understood because that was a bridge too, but Marion read that. Yeah. So because that, that says something else where it was like, if I was known as the guy with the oh, purple right, right. socks, known, yeah. I would hang myself as if to be like, if my only personality. That's but she true. took that out. So that I understood. I was like, oh, that's some bitch ass Marion shit. Yeah. Like she's cold. So that's why that's the only reason why it threw me off with the Janie one, where I was like, oh, I feel like she wouldn't have edited that. Because she didn't sure. want to hate Harriet. Yeah. It just caught her so off guard that she did. Yeah, you for know? sure. And again, the music that underlies the scene, I if you watch it again, like I, I, I urge anyone to listen to it. I just feel like the music is so freaking I gotta good. pay more attention. I, I don't know if I can really recall it like it's, that. I'll I'll listen to it on its own, but the director was talking about how he could have easily just put in like the most popular pop songs or whatever to underlie this whole movie. Yeah. Um, but he he just made that conscious decision and I think it was it nailed it. Like and it made the movie way more unique. Like yeah. I'm not gonna hear those tracks anywhere else. You the, know when you do the kind of popular music at the time, it really stamps your shit in time. Mm-hmm. And like it really yeah. dates it. Later, you're like, oh yeah, Limp Biscuit. You know, like you're just like, <laughs> like you're just like, I remember that year. <laughs> but when you put older stuff, then you're just like, oh, this could be any time. <laughs> it's like when you watch Days of Confused, like it doesn't feel like 1993. You know, mm. like it's like it feels like when it's supposed to feel like. Yeah, yeah, true that. Um, but when freaking ladder, sorry. <laughs> when freaking Marion's like, go sit over there until we figure out what to do with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. Don't go sit over there. Just freaking leave. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was like, ah, oh, you should be throwing fists right now. There should be, mm. there should be some fist fighting going on yeah. right here. That park was so empty, but like scary. Yeah, I don't know. I remember being scared as a kid watching that scene, and like, <laughs> if anyone read my notebook, you know. <laughs> 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 even though I wasn't even writing like what Harriet was writing, yeah. you know, but just that's, the idea. That's so funny. But yeah, I literally, <laughs> my note here says her spy book is just the burn book from Mean Girls. Yes. Like, they just call everyone fugly skanks and shit. <laughs> um, my next note, was Gully ever real? Did she die? <laughs> that was my next note after that. <laughs> oh my God. You just spiraled into like this whole other I thing. I did. I really think it would have been a better movie. <laughs> now that I think of it though, like yes, the kids were mean to Harriet, but I think they were just really retaliating from being like hurt. You know? Like Yes, until the spy catchers club came into my oh. and they all turned into fucking Mad Max style like apocalypse wasteland. Ooh. Maniac hilarious and mad entertaining and not what I saw coming, but I was just like, all right, now you guys are insane. Like yeah. like like it was one thing to like I get like they all passed that note which fucking <laughs> oh. <laughs> That fucking note. Yo, if you haven't seen this movie 
They pass this note around, and every kid who sees it doubles over in like tears, laughter. Like they're yes. all, including Sport. Sport's like not having any of it. He's like, ah, they're laughing at some note. This is dumb shit. And then he gets it, and he starts dying. <laughs> and then fucking Harriet gets the note. And I was like, ooh, we're gonna get to see what it says. It says Harriet smells. <laughs> <laughs> like come on oh. Harriet smells we thought it was gonna be like this or we I thought it was gonna be like a, like a, a crudely drawn photo or like just something creative like something witty like yes Harriet Welsh smells yeah <laughs> oh god so hilarious Such a, like the build up just of the movie like it was so long to get there it's like, and then she goes and fucking takes like a fucking horse bath in the, in the bathroom <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jesus. What a what a hilarious note. So you you until that point you or until uh the the spy club you thought it was basically like once like they were just like taking their whole day to dress different and fucking make yeah. like these crazy uh gang calls and shit. I was like, yeah. all right, this is getting crazy. Yeah, I find it so surprising how dark they let Harriet get because I think the next scene is when sort of the classes plotting against her during like their their art class or yeah. art portion of the day yeah. which hilarious I don't, like pick a kid in the center of the class and just paint him oh yeah i forgot oh i wrote that what the fuck are they doing painting a student yeah i made no sense again that's some 60s shit i just feel yeah. like that's something you would have done in school in the 60s like I got, yeah i was the guy in the middle like, uh, but um you know all these kids are painting in the class and she's looking through this book and like uh, she's like basically reading about murder. I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's like old school torture. And yeah, all that burning stuff. people at the stake. Like it's like showing you that this is where her head is at. Like she wants to murder her classmates. Yeah, she, that's get. how much she hates them. Yeah. And then the paint. Oh my god! I really wrote this movie's making me very uncomfortable. Like I didn't. Ooh. I didn't. That scene was just like. Yeah, the way they shot that scene. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. It was like this—that's what. And like that was like truly where the kids were like brutal as fuck. Like it was, I was just like, this is weird, man. Like yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. This teacher's mad negligent. This is like borderline assault. Like mm-hmm. the way she was like screaming and crying for them to stop, and they wouldn't stop, and the teacher wasn't stopping it. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? She was in like, this well, movie? let's work together. Yeah, and I was just like, is this a dream? Like what the yeah. fuck is this like? And then the next scene when Harry. It's in the bath. Wait, hang on. First, I want to get Marion slapping the living oh, shit right. out of Marion Hawthorne. <laughs> I was like, fucking finally. Uh. Yeah, and that I, was a good slap. And then again, too, I was like, again, teacher, you gotta, you gotta say something. <laughs> like, like, I know Harriet, Marion deserved it, but like, you can't be, you can't just let that slide. You gotta at least be like, yeah. you gotta do something. You can't let a full five palm slap. Like, like that was like a fucking... A wind up. Like, that was a slap. She slapped the shit out of her and it felt so good. Yeah, it did. I kind of wanted her to fuck up her henchman too. I think that girl needed to fucking get some paint tipped in her face. Oh. The one who first did it. Yeah, who yeah, was yeah. Like, I didn't do it. And I was like, fuck you, you lying sack of sociopathic shit. Yeah. All these kids are fucking, they all need therapy. They do, they do. They're I mean, brutal. the way Marion like waited for the teacher to look away to dump that second bucket on yeah. her. <laughs> so brutal. Yeah, and then they fucking... Uh, the paint scene was filmed like fucking train spotting or something. <laughs> Danny Boyle over here. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I was like, what? Like, I don't, don't you go see that Good Burger? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't a Nickelodeon movie. No, I mean. Did Paramount buy this and then Nickelodeon like option? I mean, sorry, did Paramount make this and Nickelodeon like optioned it? Or like, I know Paramount and Nickelodeon have always been kind of. Right. By the same company. I did not get the details in mm-hmm. that. 
Okay. Sorry. It's I suck. Right. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm just, yeah, it just seems like... Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm glad that it made you feel that way, like the I violation. Hated I hated of, watching it. Yeah, because that just shows to me, like I know it was powerful for me, so I wasn't sure if like that was just because I watched it as a kid. So you being weirded out by it sort of reassures yeah. to me that yeah, that scene is effective. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. Mm. I mean, it was yeah, it was effective, but I it, yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being like pretty haunting at that age. Um, actually. It's weird to think about the first time I ever remember like crying in a movie was actually a Nickelodeon movie. Oh, it was, really? It was the Rugrats movie when I was like five years old. Because yeah, you're talking about never seeing characters have to do dark shit. Have you seen that movie? Or, I like, haven't. You know, I yo. wasn't a Rugrats person. So that movie's about the parents having a new baby and like Tommy feeling like, you know, like left out because now he's like this little baby's taking all the attention. Yeah. There's a scene. Where they're in the woods and he almost murders his little infant brother. Like there are these monkeys that have been tormenting him the whole movie and trying to chase them down and like kidnap the kids. And he's so fucking sick of his little brother. He drags him out into the woods in a rainstorm. And he's about to dump mushed bananas all over him and like let the monkeys have oh at him. Oh my god. And like Tommy's standing over his brother holding his mushed bananas and the lightning strikes. And he looks like he's about to kill his brother. And then like in that moment he stops and like realizes what he's doing. Whoa. And I remember bur- I was like probably five or six and I burst out crying. Like I just didn't. I never saw Tommy get challenged like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like Tommy Pickles usually got the answers. Like the other, the other Rugrats, they got their problems. Tommy comes through hardcore and let, takes care of business. But that's so crazy that you were crying because it's it wasn't because something was happening to Tommy and that like he was being attacked. It no, was it was more like, that yeah, like he was gonna like kill his brother and like wow. he's Tommy Pickles. Like you can't, you know, you don't want you can't have Superman fucking rape somebody. You'd be like, what are you doing? You're Superman, you know? Yeah. Like, like you're the one person who should be not doing this. So it's like Andy. so. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just bad funny that these Nickelodeon movies are striking hard, apparently, yeah. with, us, with the blue paint. They, they're they going in deeper than a Disney Channel movie, exactly. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you that fucking bowling pin movie you made us put on the other week? <laughs> so yeah, the, that paint scene was brutal. And then, so I think the kind of Harriet figuring out her, what she's going to do about the situation, like how she's going to get out of being just constantly tormented by her schoolmates is kind of like the end chunk of this. So why don't we just cover that in the spoiler section? Let's do it. How Harriet decides to respond is even darker. You know, yeah. like the fact that she's like, all right, you're, you're challenging me. All right. It's me against my sixth grade class. Now imagine it's you against your class. Yeah. I can't even like, Oh, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, she she unleashes a a revenge spree. Yeah, I could have used a little more of this too. Again, this felt like ah, oh, this like they got too much book. This 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 is this not they're cutting stuff out. Like I feel like uh, I feel like it went so fast. It was just like fuck this person, fuck that person, fuck that yeah. person. I think this is the beginning of me loving revenge movies. Like <laughs> I talked about in Kill Bill. Like, I was gonna I love say, did, did you pick this because of Kill Bill? Because this is like her going on her bride. Like. I I think I subconsciously <laughs> picked it because like she's like making a list just like bride yeah, did exactly on her C- desk crossing the names off and shit yeah but yeah this is a brutal sequence and i think some are worse than others like way worse oh yeah like i remember being scarred of her cutting that black girl's hair because yeah. i knew if that happened yo cut any black girl's hair that's it you're getting murdered as <laughs> Especially pre, like, natural hair. Yeah. You know, because there's a whole era. 
length matters a lot in the black community, or at least it did back when we were all getting relaxers and all that stuff. Yeah. Because Not because we wanted to, but because we wanted to be able to. You yeah, get it. I got it. So, like, cutting that? Jesus Christ. I remember that being, like, the worst thing <laughs> also, you could possibly do. It, was, it seemed like one of the worst plans, too, because, like, you're not... You're not gonna get away with that. Like, yeah. it, like the little girl noticed it right away. Like, and I was just like, "It's not. There's nothing like sneaky yeah. about. Like, you could have just threw sand in her face. You know, you could just like it would have had the same effect. Just like, <laughs> hey, you know, just be like, ah, oh, got me. Like everyone was like, you know, all the other ones you could be like, ah, she's like, yeah, sneaking yeah. around. It, it, it's pretty brutal. I yeah. mean, I'll let you take it away here because uh, I've seen this a million times. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, there was still some good ones. I mean, I. You know, without spoiling our own podcast, this is one of my best worst. So I feel like we can wait a little bit. Oh, and we'll just talk yeah, about it let's later. do it yeah, then. She just fucking runs rampant on these kids. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah. I, I think that's what leads to the biggest tantrum that she has with her parents. So obviously, she tortures her whole sixth grade class. Yeah. And so all their parents are furious and call Harriet's home, and their their phones are ringing off the hook with all these parents complaining about what Harry did to her kids. And and- can I just say these kids are bitches? <laughs> Harriet didn't tell her parents once what they were doing. That's so true. And they fucking one thing happens, they all go cry, you know. <laughs> and like half of them weren't even like, oh, she ruined my fucking house of cards or whatever the fuck it was, house <laughs> of sticks. Like, are you gonna go home and tell your mom? Like, oh, you fuck ass. Yeah. I get the. I hair mean, thing. no, he's the one kid who didn't tell his parents. Oh, okay, never mind. It's like the only one we didn't hear back from was. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get the hair thing. You show up with your hair cut off. You're gonna like, what happens? Crazy ass white girl cut my hair. <laughs> and they're like, ah, it's the sixties. Got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I do anything, I'm going to jail. So. Oh man. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention the way she burns Marion is by like telling. Or telling her that her dad doesn't yep. love her in front of, like, a bunch of girls in school. I I would never bully a kid like that. But, like, <laughs> in the scene, she's in the bathroom, right? And you know how they have, like, that sink? Yeah. That fountain sink? Yeah. I would sometimes, like, put my hands in the sink like Harry. <laughs> <laughs> like, just thinking about that scene, you know? That's <laughs> so funny. Um, but, yeah. Yo, there's was... been so much time on that sink, I really was expecting a kid to get like their head dunked in it really yeah yeah like because it was such like a, a unique sink and it was round all around it just looked like perfect like that scene where the bully's dunking ahead oh, so yeah. i thought either like marion and the girls would do it to harriet or like harriet would do it to marion later like i just thought oh, i was like brutal she, you know she fucking showers we have like a whole shower scene in that thing i was like they're setting up this fe- this fountain for some reason <laughs> Oh, it's so true. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally get why Marion called, like, wimped out to her mom. Yeah. But it's so crazy how, and again, relatable, like how parents will be mad at their kid and then make the conversation or the argument about them. Yeah. Like, they just start arguing with each other. Yep. <laughs> so I think this is the most um traumatic, like, I don't know how to phrase this, but I've never seen a lead character this young, unless it's like a horror movie or whatever, go through this much emotional trauma. Like her ripping up her notebook, having a fit, throwing something across the room at her parents. Like I've never seen that. Um, In like thinking about the other movies that I watched as a kid. Totally, yeah, up to this point. Yeah. That's funny. Um, But yeah, her throwing something at her parents, I remember being satisfied by that, actually. Yeah. (laughs) She fucking calls out her fucking mom being a mad materialistic and her dad being an alcoholic and i was like yo <laughs> she's fucking this girl's cold man she read her parents that for was sure fucked up she was, she was like yeah you can't just be writing your notebook every day and she's like you drink every day and i was like oh <laughs> she's got your number pal 
Uh, yeah, uh, I think I think that's what the parents of the '60s hated. It's like, I'm my I'm supposed to be like God to my yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. There's they shouldn't be pointing out things about me for real. Yeah. But this this really just leads to um, them deciding to take her to a therapist. Yeah. And this therapist is played by this guy named Roger Clown. And I was like, that's his real name. Roger Clown. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> um, oh, no. I found that to be hilarious. But what yes. what do you think about the therapist? Clearly, you don't find him legit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I find him legit. Uh, it makes sense from the storyline, but I just think one visit, it just, like, it went so fast. Like, I think this is, like, I don't know even know how you would have portrayed it, but it would have had to be something for me to believe that happened over multiple visits. Because mm. I just felt like I did agree with her parents that there's something wrong with this little girl. Like, I, I get she wants to be a writer and she's writing everything and, like, that's, like, not unhealthy, but, like, she's got some, like, she's not dealing with any of her problems. She just, like, writes everything. She's mad secluded. Like, I think she is on track to grow up to be, like, a kind of weird, isolated person a little bit. Mm. And kind of needs to learn about socializing. And she kind of has a lot to go over. <laughs> then she goes to this therapist. And, like, all that really happens is that, like, he's like, oh, you like writing. What if I gave you a notebook? And then, like, lets her keep writing. And then, like, and then he's just like, and then they come out and they're like, therapist says you're fine. We're cool. And I was just like, whoa, that, like in one visit? Like, I was like, I don't think she's fine at all. Like, <laughs> and like all he did, it's like if the kid's addicted to video games and she shows up and he's like, hey, have a Sega Genesis controller. And then she's like playing games and she's happy. And he's like, I quit just like Sega. And then the parents like, oh, I fucking playing Sega 24-7. So like, you know what I mean? She yeah. just like, gave, like, she just like gave her a notebook again after she didn't have a notebook for, we didn't mention it, but their parents ban her from notebooks. Right, right. And then so in school she gets like searched for notebooks and shit. Yeah. That's I, why she writes the name in the desk because she doesn't have a notebook. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. It's so like fast. if it was, yeah, if it was something where it was like three or four visits and then like. They kind of needed to talk about something like, why are you writing so much? Like, why don't you want to talk? Like, why would you rather observe someone than talk to them and get to know them? Like, mm. it, things like that. So it just felt like really fast where, like, she was just like, oh, you like writing? Take this book. <laughs> and then, like, when it, when it cut, then she was like, therapist says you're fine. I was like, at least be like, therapist says yes, but you have to keep coming back for a couple more visits, right. you know? Like, I'd be curious or you're going to be fine. If this is like a 60s approach to therapy, like, yeah. you're either fine or you're not. Yeah, right? like she's, yeah, we don't have to lock her up. Like, that's like, a, they're just there to find if they have to lock her up or not. Like, you know, it's like. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm So I don't know. I like, I, I like the angle of her having to go to a therapist. I just think it just like, it came and went so fast, and I didn't really buy that, like, she was. Quote for sure i would like to think that the therapist was the one who recommended to the parents that gully visit her again i like that i like that I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll live in that I world i doubt that that's what it is and actually in the book gully doesn't come back uh, uh she writes harriet a letter which is what has all this wisdom that she's yeah. gonna put on i think her. that could have worked yeah because it wasn't my next note is oh gully is real <laughs> I thought she was imaginary or dead. <laughs> I was just the whole time I was like, going to, like, all right, she's definitely dead. <laughs> she's not dead? <laughs> and then when the dad was like, turn around, I was like, fuck, it's going to be hard to explain why the dad said turn around oh, no. <laughs> if Gully's not real, you know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I would have I would have liked it more if Gully wasn't real. Really? Or if, if she was like, just, yeah, like if, if like this was Harriet's like coping mechanism and then this was like her saying goodbye, being like, like, you know, like, Gully comes back one last time to be, like, now, nah, well, fuck it, uh, you know? I, I appreciate your opinion, but I like it the way <laughs> <laughs> She just does something, like, where did she go? How long has she been gone? I don't yeah, know. I know. Um, but when I, I really had to, like, hide my tearing up from you when we were watching <laughs> this, because every time Gully comes, I watch that scene, I, like, tear up so wow. hard. 
it's the reuniting and the hug and the spin it gets me every yeah, time yeah nice and uh, rosie o'donnell's like very like i don't know she's very reserved in this movie like i know her more being like wacky so like yeah she was very very like quiet yeah funny. and i wanted my own gully you know <laughs> like i wanted my own pal that like said nursery rhymes with me and like tucked me in all right this is digging too <laughs> i want an alcoholic dad and a materialistic mom <laughs> I want blue paint dumped on me. All right, all right. I find this scene between Gully and Harry to be a very unique one Mm -hmm. in that it's actually promoting the fact that it's okay to lie for the sake of other people's feelings like sort of like a white lie yeah what 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 would you take away what do you think about that I, I i think that was interesting i didn't uh wasn't really expecting it and i don't really i do feel like i kind of get why people at least with the book were like thought the messaging was a little bit weird mm. i feel like harriet needed and this goes back to therapy scene a little bit more self-reflection mm. They kind of played it as, like, the idea of the white lies that Gully gives as an example, I totally agree with. You go to someone's house and they spend work real hard to cook you a meal. Even if the meal sucks, it's very mean to say that. You would say, yes, I had a great meal. Thank you for blah, blah, right. That's a good example of what she's talking about. But, like, the kind of lies that she's telling Harriet is, like, she's basically teaching Harriet that, like, the problem's not you. The problem is that you're very special and the rest of these people aren't special. So now you got to go out of your way and lie and act like to make them happy. When I think Harriet's got a lot of problems. Hmm. And I feel like in this situation, Gully's advice is almost being like, listen, you're you're so unique and special and cool and smart. That's why you're not going to get along with these people. and You're never going to get along with anyone because you're awesome. <laughs> so therefore, why don't you just go lie and pretend? It kind of is like, almost like a sociopathic... Hmm. way to be like you know just dumb yourself down for these normies because you're the coolest girl who's ever lived and i'd be like she is pretty cool like i'm not trying to say like she isn't but like also you'd be like yo you're gonna spend your whole life interacting i feel like it should have been a little more of like just because you think you're smarter like she harry kind of thinks she's smarter and better than everyone and i kind of thought the movie was gonna kind of her coming to terms with that and it was more of like oh i can't be so honest right because when i'm honest people get sad but I think she should have learned, like, yo, fucking, don't look down on poor people. Don't, like, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you say your friend's weird for being into science. You sit in a corner and write in your notebook all day. Like, you're weird, too. You know what I mean? Right. So I found it just, like, a weird, like, no, like, it's it's hard for you. I've been thinking about it for a couple of days, too. Hmm. Like, the messaging of the movie is almost like, like, it's okay you're doing all this crazy shit because you're the most unique, cool person that ever lived. I understand where you're coming from, but I also feel like... It's sort of a lesson in sort of like keep your opinions to yourself kind of thing. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think the way we, when we get to it of like how this all riles up with the newspaper, I think that actually is a really smart way of mm-hmm. kind of finishing Harriet's journey. Yeah. It was more like this advice here because I can't remember exactly what Gully says, but it's something along the lines of like, you don't get, you're not getting along with them because like you're special and your whole life is going to be like that. Mm. of being like you know like you know like and i don't know i just i don't know if it's the healthiest thing to be teaching an 11 year old of being like don't worry if people think like you're crazy or you're like you know yeah like even though her parents sucked she should learn that she can't talk to her parents like that and she never does it's all just like everything you've done to this point is fine it's just that you're very special and people are are these are normal people and you have to kind of like get on their level when also i think you'd be like yo you have to be like a 
you're talented, you're a good writer, but you're also a regular ass person and you have to learn to yeah. survive, like live with other people. Yeah, maybe the phrasing of it wasn't exactly true because I think what she was trying or what they were trying to convey is like life isn't black and white and you're going to have to learn how to navigate certain relationships in your life so yes. that way you can have good relationships uh-huh. or decent relationships with people yeah. in your life. But it came across as what you just yeah, said. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I was just thinking of like how I would talk to her if I was like you know, her dad or something, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, I was something along the lines of being like, yes, nothing you said in that in your book was a lie, mm-hmm. but how would you feel if everyone you met ever just said exactly, right. like, don't you think that would make you want to cry? And she'd be like, holy shit, yeah, I'm being mean. Like, she never, like, comes to the f- fact that she's being mean truly. She's more just like, oh, okay, they don't like me when I say that, so I should lie then. Yeah. And it's more like, like instead of learning that lie, like, white lies are okay it should be like don't be mean yeah it, it reminds me of those people who are like hey, i say it how it is and to me when <laughs> someone says that to me i'm just like you're just telling me right now that you're an asshole because mm. anyone can say it how it is i gotta walk down the street and go hey you're a little too fat hey why are you so short hey your 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 hair looks weird yeah but that's just me it might it might be true about everybody but it's just mean like you don't want to be around those people so like yeah like so that's why the whole like so it's like it's almost like she's learning like hey, i don't don't and she's like, I tell it like it is, you know? And it's just like, yeah, but the world's hard. We all have problems, you yeah. know? Like, I don't, you know, I am I got my own problems. Have I a little empathy, I don't maybe. need people pointing out how bald I am every fucking day. Like, I know. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so it's... No, I think that's fair. I think that's But, fair. you know, we're not done yet talking about the movie. So I do... It was more just this conversation, not the movie as a whole. Because yeah. I do think it wraps up in a decent way. Right, yeah. So from here, it's sort of like the Harriet apology tour yeah where she tries to apologize and is always behind a closed door yeah, yeah. i remember being so frustrated about that as a kid like just say it yeah exactly <laughs> to their face i think i'm a little less accepting about how this all wraps up now as an adult yeah because i don't think that the cl- where the where her classmates end up in forgiving her in the classroom necessarily makes sense. Like, I, I think it all happens so quick. I'm a little bit on the same same page with that. Like, I when, when they're talking about the newspaper thing, that's, yes. yeah, I didn't really buy 100% yet that they would have voted for her. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about it. But uh, when she is going to apologize to sport and you find that his dad finally sold, like, a book mm. and they, like, made it out, this and that, I, I was like, this guy's going to be broke in six months. Oh, because he's already talking about spending his grand money? grand isn't that much money. I mean, it's good. It's like, especially in the 90s, like, good that, start. like, you could totally, like, start a life with that. Like, you know, get your bills paid off, put some money in savings. But, like, he's just talking about, like, he sold one book. Like, it's not like he's getting 10 grand every year. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, he wants to go to the fanciest place to get the nicest sneakers. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this guy's in six months. He'll be- I, I would hope that Salmon's like, all right, according to the books. Yeah, You exactly, know, like, I exactly. hope he reels his dad in. Because yeah. that's probably getting, like, like 21, like, 20 grand now, maybe 18 grand. And, like, that's great. Like, you know, I'm not trying to act like that's not a lot of money. But yeah. it's not changing. You're not, you're not out of being poor. If it's one check. <laughs> For sure. So yeah, I was like, yeah. Uh, Sport doesn't talk to his dad at all. His dad was like inviting Harriet to dinner. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was like, I was like, this is the way Sport's dad called also. So who, who are these kids that are snitching? <laughs> no, it's definitely Marion. Marion's minion. Yeah, Mary minion. Freaking boob girl. Yeah. Purple socks. Sock boy probably was, was, was pouring his heart out at yeah. home too. Which is why, and that's why I couldn't buy that scene because the the first person to advocate for Harriet to run this newspaper is the guy she said should hang himself. Probably the mean, probably the one she was, she was the meanest to, <laughs> and for no reason. Just if I was him, there's I can't even list all the reasons. 
I would kill myself. There's no way this kid. Yeah. I felt bad for him. I was like, yeah. wow, you have a heart of gold sticking up for her yeah. right now. <laughs> and I got to say, too, the other reason I don't, I can't get on Team Janie and Team Sport is I get why they didn't accept her apologies. They were very shitty apologies. I wouldn't have accepted them either. Yeah. Like behind the door and sneaking through the window and all that shit. But like the main reason they're like back on her team is because they realize that Marion's annoying. <laughs> like they're building the thing and Marion's like, I'm eating cake. <laughs> and then they were just like, oh, this girl sucks. And they like walk away. And I was like, you knew she sucked at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and then like, it was like that where then they were like, they were like more open to being accepting of Harriet. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, you're all kind of being bad. Like, <laughs> like you guys need to talk to each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no one apologized to anybody. <laughs> You know, it's just like, it was, yeah. oh, man. everybody was being real brutal. No, it's true. I think that, yeah, I think that whole class, like you said, needs therapy. Yeah. Like they're all going through. Some- yeah. It's the sixties, man. <laughs> like all we needed was their teachers, like smoking a cigarette throughout the class. Like, and they were like, yeah, yeah I get it. It would have made sure. so much, if this was, it was like stand by me and it was 1964 and these kids are walking around with pistols in their backpacks and looking at dead bodies. I'm like, yeah, yeah. totally. And the fucking 60s. Also, like, let's do it. No kid in my class read our paper. You yeah. know, like, all these kids yeah. are reading the paper. Also, like, what a publication for an 11 year old to be putting together. Like, yes. I don't even think my high school put a newspaper together that good and it was like a team of people and they were older. Exactly. Yeah, that oh. was hilarious. Yeah. It is funny, too, because with this and Matilda, I remember as a kid, too, not being sure if Matilda... Outside of the TV stuff, it seemed like, oh, this could totally be 30 years earlier. Mm. Like, like Matilda, to me, seems like a story that makes more sense about the 60s, too. Hmm. Like, the TV versus books aspect of it. Right, right. But, it, sorry, it's just... Like, no, gross. no, I but mean... But, like, yeah, it was these movies of this era where it's just like, yeah, like, everything just... It doesn't seem like the 90s. Yeah, like, yeah. And they're way more brutal yeah. in all aspects of like the Three story Ninjas, show. that's the 90s. They're playing <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Like, they're doing 90s shit in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, this is like... They're, they're ordering pizza, and they're like, excellent. Yeah, you know? the problems that those kids have in comparison to like matilda and harriet are yeah these are like old school these are like little adults yeah (laughs) yeah the whole class ends up rallying behind harriet to uh run this paper which really is because of that whole cake situation (laughs) yeah i think earlier in the movie marion won school president or class president and the class president gets to write the newspaper and so harriet suggests why can't we separately elect the school editor instead of being be the president? Which makes sense. And I think that's a good, like, that I liked. I think, like, she's had this whole problem, the whole movie of she writes everything down because she wants to be a writer. But she what she ended up doing was just kind of, like, being an asshole. Yeah. And and she was writing the wrong stuff. She she Just because you're, she, like, Gully's trying to teach her to observe life. She says, you know, there are a lot of people out there who deserve a second look. And instead of actually learning about them, she writes superficial shit. She writes right. like, oh, he's got boogers in his nose. This dude wears purple socks. Like, this guy's probably a thief. And then through this newspaper, she learns, like, that's not good writing. That's not learning about people. And then she actually learns about people. And I like that I liked. I thought that was a really cool way to be like, oh, she's learned how to curb this addiction to writing in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. That's actually going to help her grow. But I didn't buy that the kids were on her team. Yeah. And because, like, maybe if she wrote something else and they, like, made her realize, like, oh, she actually is a good writer and she doesn't only write mean shit. But at this point, no one's ever witnessed – they only see her writing. They don't see what she's writing. So as far as they know, she's just writing insults. Maybe they're like, you know, the sentence structure of that insult really really was pretty good. Like, maybe maybe if they, like – Flipped like they like one of the kids was like just like flipping through the book and then they found like some pages of other shit and they were like holy shit she's actually 
we should make her the writer of the school. Yeah, yeah so I yeah. didn't really buy that all their friends. It was just that, like, because Marion was eating cake while the school was like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So that, that I wasn't like, Because uh, I was really, like, again, thrown off guard by this movie. I didn't expect that I was going to be, like, dealing with these inner emotions of these kids. Like, I right. thought it was going to be a superficial adventure. And yeah. so then, like, it built all this up for me where I was like, holy shit, how are they going to resolve this? And then it... I was a little let down by that. Yeah. It was just very fast. Uh, But the wrapping up of like the newspaper and the apology. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked what she wrote about all the kids and retracting everything. Yeah. Yeah. Again, everyone's reading this paper. I know. It's so funny. You guys are 11. And also like you're as a teacher approving this paper. So aren't you like curious about like, wait, what? What happened? What has been going on? (laughs) (laughs) And then I love it. She's still and she's like, oh, by the way, though, Marion's still a bitch like in the, in the newspaper she was like she still shits on mary and hard body oh man and yeah we kind of get this happy ending which i mean i don't think it, it it's hinted that this the book didn't really have a happy ending like this where it like ended in like a school dance it didn't end with james brown in the book. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't write all the lyrics to get up off of that thing oh man <laughs> I will admit, this was very fun for me, though, I, as a I, kid. Oh, I know. <laughs> I felt it. Damn. <laughs> um, I, I found the, uh, the the costumes to be very impressive, though. Yeah, yeah, for this shitty idea of a feast for, for the school play. Yeah, and she's like a teapot of gravy or whatever. I like how the main three kids were immune to the stink bomb. Oh, yeah. Because they, they planned it so that way it didn't hurt them. They're like, yeah, stink bomb. <laughs> um, did you have stink bombs at your school? No. I remember once it went off in middle school. I don't know who planted it or whatever. I remember actually like once or twice, yeah, because you could buy those ones where like you like slap them and then they just start smelling like real farts. I think yeah, I think maybe once or twice, uh, but it yeah. wasn't like a prevalent. It wasn't a problem. Do do Gen Zers know about sink bombs? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we kind of get this happy ending with the retracting of you know those insults and. I remember being angry that like Gully in the end didn't return as the nanny. Like I that for me as a young person, as a kid, I could see it. That but... would have been like the ultimate happy ending. Like yeah, she's she's friends again and Gully's back. Like everything, but now I'm like, nah. That would have been bad writing. Exactly. Like it's a she wouldn't have learned anything. She would have been right back to the status quo of the movie. Like, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so cool. That would have been real bad. (laughs) I want Gully, and she gets ice cream in the end, too. (laughs) Then it would have been a really happy ending. (laughs) I wish it ended with them at Chuck E. Cheese for a half hour. All right, let me escape this torture. (laughs) Let's go to Best Worst, please. Anyway, so Best Worst. Best Worst. But uh, we already brought up one earlier, so we should just jump into that one. All right. And Best Worst, uh, Harriet Revenge. Let me think about this for a second. I know my worst. Oh, you're starting with your worst? Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Worst for me is crossing out the girl's pictures in her locker of the cute teen boys she likes. Oh, okay. It so just, It just seemed like I wasn't really good. Like, all right. So you're doing it by literal worst. Like, you could have done better prank. Yeah. You just didn't. didn't or right. Like, yeah. It was just like, you know, if you're trying to like get revenge on these kids for fucking with you, that's like not that bad. Yeah. You're just getting you pictures. Okay, I think I'm actually going to align with the way you're doing Best Worst this week. Nice. So I think in that case, yeah, I will agree with you. The locker one's kind of like, eh, you could have done better. Yeah. <laughs> and then Best, I mean, I think just out of sheer effectiveness was the fucking telling Marion about her dad and saying that horrible shit about he doesn't love you. Ooh. Just because nothing's really phased Marion the whole movie. 
Even when she got slapped in the face, she was like, that wasn't a dignified response. Like, <laughs> like it didn't seem to, like, affect her that she just got bitch smacked. Yeah, so yeah. So this is the one thing, like, they said she was crying all night, and I was like, oh, that's brutal revenge. That means she got her, for, yeah. for real. Yeah, so it was cold-blooded as fuck, but I think it was the best revenge. I agree that it was super effective, but I've got to go with cutting the black girl's hair. Yep, Absolutely, yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. yeah, that was cold, that was cold. Like, it was also cold and not, like, creative. Yeah, and and it was just like mad, like that's someone's hair, like to grow out of their hair. You know, yeah. I don't know. You can't replace that. You can go to therapy for your relationship with your dad or lack thereof. I mean, <laughs> you kind of argue the hair is easy, more easily replaced than oh, a, I guess than, so. Than a broken psyche. No. Oh. <laughs> you were like hair unreplaceable. <laughs> that old fucked up childhood. Your therapist will bang that out in two visits. <laughs> As this movie showed, all you got to do is pop into a therapist. Exactly. And like, you're good, kid. Get out there, you scam. Here's a notebook. <laughs> oh, man, this that's funny. Should, this movie should have been called The Notebook. Oh, yeah. Right. Actually, Steep. great alt title. Steeps. All right. Um, I'm going to, building off of that, why don't we just dive into Best Worst Classmate? Oh, okay, cool. That's my second one. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Right. So, only because... He dealt with the most, I think, brutal entry in her journal. And but at the end of the day was the most like the nicest one to come and stand out for Harriet. It has to be Purple Socks Ooh, is purple best for socks. me. He just had a heart of gold. Yeah, that's like I got to agree with that, I guess. Uh, are we excluding anybody? No, I mean, bes- exclude Harriet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously, obviously. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Cause I'm not- Still, even though, like, sport did all that stuff that annoyed me with, like, aligning with Marion and stuff, I still kind of feel like he had, like, the most sympathetic story, and, like, he also wasn't such a piece of shit. Like, he, like, went home instead of, like, went, you know, instead of, like, lining up. So, I don't know. I think I I dig you on Purple Socks, but I'm going to go sport. No, I agree. Sport would have been my second choice. I I, I feel where you're coming from. And then for worst, I'm, like, are we excluding? Because, like, Marion's the easy pick, like... I mean, you could exclude Marion. She was my worst, yeah, but I mean, for obvious my, reasons. Yeah, she's my automatic worst. But fine, for, for fun, let's do second worst. Okay. Because that's too easy. Yeah. She's like the villain, you know. Her henchman's pretty bad for wanting to just, just like, want to be. Well, I want to be Marion is kind of worse than a Marion. Yeah. But I feel like we all have that stage, or at least girl, or I can speak for myself, like, had a stage where you had a friend that you sort of, like, copied a little bit, you yeah. know? Like, when you're that age. Yeah, yeah. But if I had to choose the second worst, uh-huh. it might have to be Janie. Whoa. I, your hero? No. Okay. The actress is my All hero. Right, no, 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 <laughs> but the character was actually very mean at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I I think she, I don't know. She was very mean. Yeah. <laughs> and the way she, like, talked to Harriet and, like, treated her and, like, switched sides real quick. Yeah, I'm piggybacking on that because I agree with all that. Yeah. Yeah. Cold. I don't know. It was, it was pretty cold. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I was trying to think of like other classmates, but like the girl who grew boobs, like she didn't really do anything. Yeah. She didn't really speak. Like the other one who's the kid who sang, who did the Shakespeare was kind of annoying. He was he was a <laughs> runner up for me. Oh really? Yeah, just because uh, he was an alien. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I can't believe we both agree on yeah, that. That's crazy. That's <laughs> all right. You got any more? Because that's all I had. Um. Yeah. I only had one last one. The best worst subplot. Because okay. there are a ton in this movie. All right. For me, the best, and I'm just choosing this in terms of like, it actually sort of had a beginning and end. Um, The Asian family in the Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, with the fruit. 
Yes, and everything? Yes. Yeah, that was good. I really like that. And weirdly, Appa from Kim's Convenience, yeah. he's credited for being in that family. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I tried to rewind and like see where he was, and I couldn't really tell, but like that's pretty fun. That's, uh, that's for, bananas. Yeah. For you all listening, we've been watching Kim's Convenience on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely good. Oh, that's so hilarious. <laughs> so great. Appa's great. I think I'm going to go best as Jazz Cat, man. Mm-hmm. I mean... I love the jazz musicians. I love Sack of Cats. Never really <laughs> seen a Sack of Cats on a movie before. Mm. So I'm pretty pretty pro that. Not the <laughs> fact they stole the cats, but the fact that they took the effort to show the Sack of Cats. Did he steal the cats? I think oh, he was just... He was like repossessing them. He was from yeah. like the city or something. I don't know. I don't remember the, exactly why. But the, the guy, he was taking them away. Yeah. The fact that I didn't even see it coming is so ridiculous. I think I'm just going Sack of Cats. That's funny. Something I didn't really think about until I was doing my research was... Someone pointed out that the Asian family actually did a lot in terms of not showing the two extremes of how Asians were depicted in the 90s in film and TV. Like, what do you mean? Like, it showed you you were either like a whitewashed Asian. This is I'm quoting like a video that I came across. Uh-huh. They were like saying you would either see like a whitewashed Asian or like an extremely like stereotypical, you know, Asian. But yep. like this one showed like the depth of a family and like how you had the immigrant parents and the Americanized Chinese guy and like showing the dynamics of that family and how they related to each other. And just seeing that being the closest to a normal family, having seeing that on the screen was like the most normal thing that they saw as an Asian person in Uh, Harriet the Spy. That's cool. cool. I never thought about that perspective, but I thought that was really interesting. Someone did. That's cool. Right? Uh, um, what's your worst? I can't think of many others. I might have to go with the kick, so I think of three. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I love the kick, but it, I don't know. That's it, actually my worst. Kind of <laughs> me, and then they go back to it twice, and it's like you know, she goes back at the end to like show she's good at spying now. Yeah, I, I didn't really like see the value in that. If you took Eartha Kit out of the scene. Was it worth it? <laughs> yeah. Like, you could find another way to find her being bad at spying. Yeah. And I love her at the camp, but yeah, I just, like, it didn't really help I agree. the movie. Cool. Well, those were all mine. Why don't we jump into Beyond the Credits? So, there was a surprising number of <laughs> Beyond the Credits, like, in real life that I was expecting. Oh, nice. I was expecting us to sort of riff off that, but I can go ahead and tell you that. There was a Disney Channel movie. You're going to laugh at this. Uh, Came out in 2010. Oh. Harriet the Spy Blog Wars. Blog Wars. <laughs> yeah, she does love writing. Oh, God. How did Disney get their mitts on this? this I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how they did it. There was some de- backhanded deals. Fucking mouse back up. <laughs> but it... looks very bad i encourage you all to watch the trailer because it lives up to what you think it would be is this a bigger fatter liar situation yes absolutely it's like dirty dancing uh 2012 yeah we just talked about how crazy this movie is and how dark it gets and like it's really digs into the emotion all the stuff this movie's like uh but she likes to write. And so it just like is that surface level. Yeah. Her and the Marion Hawthorne of this movie are competing to become like the head of the blog of their school. And it's like whoever can come up with the hottest blog idea. And it's literally just that. <laughs> it's so bad. There's a literal quote. Harriet, when are you posting? Like that's a quote from the trailer. Oh my God. 
So yeah, it's just taking the shell of a multi-layered story. But other than that, I don't. I've never watched Robot Chicken, but for you, Robot Chicken likers out there likers <laughs> i don't know uh there's like there's a, a word we invented called fans oh that fans we can use. Yeah. <laughs> i'm a real big star wars liker <laughs> i like them all oh god <laughs> yeah i've seen i don't i don't watch every episode of robot chicken but i i've seen it from there to the time is the time. whole premise that they take things and like make skits out of them not always but it, kinda yeah it's all stop motion animation with action figures so that's yeah, they take a lot of things that exist and like make little skits out of them oh, with okay. the stop motion figures. Well, they did a three minute one for Harriet the Spy, uh-huh. which I found all right. You all probably right. find more hilarious than I do. Right, I'll check it out after this. If it's worth, we'll throw a clip. If it's not, <laughs> we'll not have a clip. Who cares? Right. And then just from a book, like a literature perspective, there were two real sequels to Harriet the Spy oh, that weren't as successful as the main one, but. The two were called The Long Secret that came out in 1965, so the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was a follow-up to that called Sport, which wasn't... I read that basically the writer was, like, so tired of this story by the time she wrote Sport that, like, it might not even be that good, but it follows Sport, basically. interesting. Um, So I'm kind of interested in that one just because I like him as a character, and I think... I mean, obviously you do, too. But then there were, like, a bunch of other unofficial sequels that like were okayed by the authors like um what do you estate. call a state yeah but no involvement obviously oh, really? yeah yeah because i thought i remembered at one point i think i googled this and i think i saw like a, a, something called like harriet returns i don't know something like that mm-hmm. so maybe that was one of the unofficial ones that probably it was it returns it was something else but i can't remember yeah so one thing i didn't know but i learned was that apple tv plus actually greenlit an animated harriet the spy series oh shit really yeah and it's going to be voiced by beanie feldstein i don't don't really know who that is um but jane lynch will be the voice of golly oh wow marion hawthorne would be played by lacey chabert oh she's one of the mean girls she's one of the mean girls so exactly full circle here So that's pretty cool. I'm kind of looking. I, I mean, I'm I, I'm not going to watch it, watch it, but, but I'm kind of curious it about it. it yeah, I'll check it out. And actually, the series, it's right here. It says the series will be written and executive produced by Will McRobb, co-creator of The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Hey, look at that. <laughs> full circle. Yeah, so it's all coming together. Um, but did you have any, like, of your own thoughts about, like, beyond the credits for Harriet the Spy? Only that they move to California and her sister becomes a vampire slayer. And then they have to just live the rest of their Why didn't I see that coming? Ah, too easy, too easy. No, but I do think, I am surprised they didn't maybe, maybe try to go for a sequel. Like, like, a, like a more, like, two, three years later with Michelle Trachtenberg again. Mm. I could see there being something ripe for it. I don't know what the plot would be, but... I felt like they, because maybe I guess the book is bigger, and I guess like they felt like they built a world that I, if they came back and had a sequel, I wouldn't like roll my eyes. Mm, I wouldn't yeah. do a bigger, fatter liar and be like, what the fuck? Except unless they called it Blog Wars and made it in 2010. Right. But if they made like an actual Harriet too. But yeah, I don't really know what I would call it besides maybe her getting older and realizing that Gully never existed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I I think I think she's she's on the right path as a character, but she's still got some work to do. Well, I mean, beyond just like a sequel, like as a character, like do you think she she's okay? Like she's gonna make it as an adult, like a successful okay adult. Yes, 
but I like I wouldn't mind another movie to see that bridge because mm. I think where we leave her, I think like I said, the newspaper I think has a great outlet. I think she's learning to alter her writing, but like you know, she's still only eleven. I think she's yeah, she's gonna have some other problems in high school. Yeah, and I I don't as much as I love the friendship of this trio, I know for a fact that they're not gonna make it through no, high school it's be together. A, it's gonna be good boys. They're yeah, gonna, they're gonna get off and no way. <laughs> I would love to see a spinoff that just focuses on Gully's life. Whoa. That's what I would want to see beyond the credits. Gully on. prequel or Gully sequel? Actually, kind of both. Gully because, biopic. Like you said, we never like we barely know anything about her. Like yeah. when she left town, did she just ditch the guy she went on a date with that one time? Like <laughs> what happened there? She went back to the guardian angel house and hung out, <laughs> wait to be assigned to the next child. Oh She's man. A guardian angel. <laughs> Telling you, Gully's got powers. Oh, that's so funny. She was so mystical. <laughs> she left with an umbrella. <laughs> okay, I'll give I'll give you that. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. I freaking love this movie because it really talks to kids not as kids. You know, it talks to them sort of like an adult. Yeah. So I feel like when I was watching this movie as a younger kid, I didn't feel I never really felt like I was watching a kid movie other than all of the color like how colorful the movie is and how vibrant the music is and the um i don't know it was just it never really felt like a kid's movie to me like i always knew that there was an extra layer and now that i'm a grown-up i know it's like freaking dark but you know like i really love that i can enjoy this movie so many years later and I really appreciate the fact that it taught me how to be more of an observant person and more considerate of other people's feelings. And also like, and I don't know, it was also the first time I questioned the actions of adults. Yeah. Like it was the first time I was like, why would an, someone like that's older than me make this decision? Yeah. You know, like I feel like it's one of those movies that make you like really just grow up a little bit i don't know i don't know I, I i thought that you would appreciate the fact that it's teaching kids and just anyone watching this movie that life isn't black and white relationships aren't black and white and there's this gray area that you have to navigate as a kid and as you grow up as an adult um to sort of maintain the relationships in your life yes honesty is good but like being full-on honest and brutal is not always the way to go and it's very important that to consider other people's feelings and I think that this movie is actually very timeless. It, no matter what time period it takes place in, I think it's always going to be relevant. Like, if you think about it today, it's even more relevant. It's kind of like if somebody took all of my thoughts and put it on Twitter. And yep. then, like, the internet blasted at you and, like, retaliated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so accessible, no matter who you are. Yeah. I, and I, I think... It's it's just a really great outlet and movie teaching kids that it's okay to be you. It's okay to have these thoughts. This is how you sort of like navigate it in the real world yeah. kind of thing. And again, touching on loss and dealing with that and the emotions that go with it. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to like be scared. And just this was I will always appreciate how how supportive this movie was for me going through sort of and experiencing that loss. Um, and I feel like you could appreciate a movie that does that successfully. You yeah. know what I mean? One thing I thought you would love about it, I think you'll agree, or at least I hope you will, that it, it's a bop. Like the score of this movie is a bop. 
you know <laughs> and um overall i just i mean you freaking love michelle you love buffy like I, I i think i got you hooked there um so i'm very happy by the fact that you were surprised about where this movie took us so i'm hoping that that sort of opened the gateway for you to love it so with all that said andy do you love what i love I love it. I think this is a pretty challenging movie in the world of Nickelodeon kids movies. Uh-oh. You know, like it's you know we got we you know this Pixar and stuff too that deals with death and life and stuff. So I'm not saying this is like the only place, but I just wasn't expecting it. Nickelodeon is is very f- fluffy. You know what I mean? So this was like I did not expect this movie to be like a quiet character study, as I was saying before, <laughs> which kind of blew me away. Um, I do think Michelle Trachtenberg is pretty damn good in the role. She's not like an annoying kid, and that when she's like sad and scared, like you buy it, you know what I mean? Yes. It's pretty good. So all in all, is pretty pretty insane like that, and I do want to watch it again. I gotta say though, it falls a little short of love for me. <gasps> no. But like a lot of the movies you pick, these kids movies, it got way closer than I thought it was going to get. <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to just like snooze my way through this Harriet the Spy. I thought it was gonna be snow day. <laughs> I can't believe that I was even like challenged at all and like like mm. thinking of like the fact that this movie wrapped up and like three three days later I was like still thinking about it and I was like, ah, oh, that's kinda crazy. Like, you know, that's wild they did that. Yes. Um, I mean I already went into ad nauseum throughout the whole episode, so just rewind if you forgot why. But I think just to recap why it just falls short a little on the love for me, it's the little kind of third act problems we both kinda of talked about of the kids forgiven forgiven her so quickly yeah so quickly and then just like my overall kind of problems with kind of that just like that that one angle of the message mm-hmm. where we already went into it you yeah. know the, the gully her conversation on the thing it was just a couple of things that like oh and i didn't mention this either i thought the editing was really weird in the spy catcher scenes where there was three different instances where she'd be walking and then there'd be spy catchers all over her hitting their drums and yelling their bop oh and yes. then they'd be like right surrounded her and she starts running and then it just like cuts to her walking down the street quietly and then they pop up again but then you never see her get away this isn't why i don't love the movie but (laughs) i just remember being like this editing is really weird we never see her like get away from these spy catchers Mm -hmm. i I don't know it was just editing was a little strange there oh well it just felt very mad max warriors to me Mm. the the the, the spy catchers Mm -hmm. club and the fact that it was like in new york you know yeah new york in quotes my biggest fear was that this movie wouldn't translate as well for an adult like watching it. Yeah. So that was my biggest concern with you potentially like even tolerating it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Like it, it really had you thinking. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, yeah, I just wasn't expecting a, like, like I said, a quiet character study, mm-hmm. <laughs> which it really is at the end of the day. You know, I don't know if it's, in my opinion, a couple of parts where it could have been a little bit more successful, and it's why I just can't go like, oh, I love Harriet the Spy. Yeah. But I would recommend it to a lot of people, and for kids, but not too young. Like, I think they kind of have to be around the age of these kids. They have to be, like, 12, 13, like 12 years old, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wouldn't show this to, like, seven-year-olds or eight-year-olds. They wouldn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be too, it'd be too wild for them. Uh, but uh, I do not regret watching it, and I never would have watched it. So thank you for showing it to me. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not a full love, but I I, I was interested. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm done to watch it again right now. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to watch Blog Wars, so if oh we can, if we can my get off god, this, if we can Harriet uh, this just, by. Uh, 
I feel like uh, the author of this book is rolling over in her grave. Uh, Jesus Christ. Blog Wars? Come on, Disney Channel. The, what's worse? <laughs> Harry, this by Blog Wars or bring it on hashtag Cheersmack? Oh, God. I don't even know. Hashtag Cheersmack. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> oh, well. All right, folks. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have the time, please take a moment to rate and review us. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Andy. I'm Masha. And I hope you love what I love. <laughs>